Hey, this is Cleveland Brown, and you're listening to the About Last Night podcast. I guess your TV must be broken. Ha <laughs> Just kidding. Actually, I'm not kidding. You're bored. Hey, everybody. Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. Thursday, we are here again. Holy shit. Time is flying, huh? Hope you guys had a great Monday. Hope you've had a great week. Uh, great episode today. Chris D'Elia was on Monday. That was one of my favorites we've done in a long time. And today... Just as good, man. Uh, if you live in Southern California, you've uh, heard of Kevin and Bean. You listen to Kevin and Bean. You love Kevin and Bean. Uh, they're the top radio uh, morning radio show in Southern California. Top five in the country for sure. Uh, you know, Brad and I do a lot of morning radio. We've done it for stand-up now for, you know, between us, you know, almost 20 years. And it, uh, it's rare when you find a, a duo that is just so uh, loose and smart and articulate and sets you up well, but doesn't, you know, and it isn't just cheese dicky. There's a lot of people that just are set up, get out. They ask you a couple questions. They don't banter. They don't listen. And Kevin and Bean are, are masters at that. And uh, the story of how they formed is is just insane. And uh, Kevin has an amazing story about going to Brazil with Brad. And uh, he's just a fun-ass dude, man. Brad, fortunately, uh, got in with them a handful of years ago, and I was lucky enough to get in with them as well. They let me go on the show anytime I need to promote something. Hey, they've had me on April Foolishness, the big stand-up charity show they do every year, which is how you know I've gotten to meet Jack Black and Ralph May and Gabriel Iglesias. And it's just unbelievable. So... Um, this episode, we go a little long, about an hour 40, but it man, it feels it, not like that at all. It's just one of those eps that flows and flies and a lot of laughs, and uh, and I've already listened to it twice because it was so great. So enjoy the hell out of this episode, and listen to Kevin and Bean. If you don't live in SoCal, you can get them on the podcast app, the Kevin and Bean um, podcast app, and uh, they interview huge guests, um, you know, everybody, and uh, oh, Kevin has this insane story about Bono, too, which... Is pretty great. Um, stories for days. He'll be back on for sure. And then uh, hopefully we'll get Bean on down the line. So uh, listen to them. K-Rock uh, every morning and uh, on the podcast app if you don't because they're the shit. All right. And follow Kevin on Twitter at the Kevin Ryder. Follow me at Adam Ray Comedy at Funny Brad at ALN Podcast. ALN Podcast on Instagram. Brad Williams Comic on Instagram. Adam Ray Comedy on Instagram. AdamRayComedy.com. For all my tour dates this week, I am in uh, Montreal still. Tonight at 7, I'm doing the Kevin Hart LOL taping. Uh, check local listings for that showroom. I don't know exactly the room, but uh, it's a 7 p.m. Kevin Hart LOL taping. And then at midnight at the Catacombs, I'm at the goddamn Comedy Jam singing Walking on Broken Glass with some other all-stars. Um, so come out and see me. And then, of course, next week, Monday and Tuesday, Comedy Works South at the Landmark Theater. In Denver, Colorado, uh, August 1st and 2nd, 7.30 show both nights. And then August 4th and 5th, the San Diego La Jolla Comedy Store, August 4th and 5th, two shows each night. All those tickets at AdamRayComedy.com. Brad Williams uh, this weekend is tonight through Saturday in Grand Rapids, Michigan at Dr. Grin's Comedy Club. Grand Rapids, Michigan, Thursday through Saturday. Go see Brad Williams at Dr. Grin's Comedy Club. Tickets at BradWilliamsComedy.com. AboutLastNightPodcast.com for past episodes and merch. As I said, merch is on its way very shortly. We got these new designs we finally secured and confirmed. Those will be dope, so be on the lookout for that, as, uh, as well as many other great episodes. Of course, subscribe on iTunes, comment, rate the podcast on the iTunes page. Uh, we appreciate the support. And email us your ALN highlights, where you get the pod, how you got into it, at aboutlastnightpod at gmail.com. Also, quick shout-out. Last night at the Comedy Store, I had a really fun set, and after the show, I met a couple pod fans. Rob Farella, 
from San Francisco uh, came to the show because he follows me on Instagram and saw me post about it and loves the podcast. So, Rob Farella, you are the shit, dude. Thanks for the uh, the love. And uh, email us your address at aboutlastnightpod at gmail.com. We'll send you some merch. All right? Now that we got the tour dates, Twitter handles, and merch info out of the way, sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with a very funny, the one and only, the sexiest fuck, Kevin Ryder. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. Here are your uh, cans. Cans. So I put those on, and then what? I can hear things, voices in my head. Yeah. Uh, I see. This is this is this is podcasting. Okay. So I I I know you're unfamiliar with this world. And what's this? (laughs) What's this phallic-looking thing? Uh, My penis. Oh. And, and how about what I'm talking into? Still your penis. Still, still, still my penis. <laughs> how many times have you? What was? Do you, do you even remember the first time you like put on a set of headphones and spoke into a mic, or is it just yes. like? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's funny. great. Moving on. Yeah, no, I don't want to hear the story. Wait a minute. Yeah. Are we yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we starting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we're going. We, okay. I don't know how you guys work. Yeah, we we, we just go. We uh, this is how podcasting is. There's not a uh, definite 5:30 a.m. start time. All right. The first time I put on headphones, I was at a college. Great. And I was at the college radio station. In Arizona, yeah? Uh, no, no. Was, I grew up in Arizona. Gotcha. My older brother went to college in Arkansas, some little tiny place. Not oh. at Arkansas, but yeah. in Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I'll go there. It gets me out of Phoenix. Great. So I went there, and I was in the broadcasting department. It was 6 a.m. on a Sunday. And I was so nervous. And I put on the headphones, and I had the microphone on like three minutes before the record was supposed to end, because I was afraid and nervous, and I wanted yeah, to yeah. And I waited and waited and waited, and then I said one thing, and I and this is back, you know, in the 1950s, and we were still <laughs> we were still playing records, and yeah. I put on a record, and I had to go to the bathroom, so I left, and the door behind me to the studio locked. Yes, it did. <laughs> oh my! So God. now it's Sunday morning at about 6:04. It's like out of an 80s teen comedy. Yes, yeah. and I have to call the head of the broadcasting department Sunday morning at 6:04 and say I locked myself out. <laughs> And he said, what's on the air? And I looked in there, and it was just the... Oh, just the thing going around. The needle just going oh around. Song was over probably five minutes, six minutes before I got back in. Oh, my God. It, it, I mean, thank God it was that and not some... I mean, I don't know if rap was a thing in the 50s, but like... <laughs> right, something bad. Some, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Just, something where you had to bleep it or something. But it, it's nice to know, and fans of the Kevin and Bean show will know that... <laughs> it's nice to know that nothing has really changed for you. Correct. <laughs> that's very true. That's pretty much... Unfortunately, that's the truth. Uh, Although then I was nervous. Yes. Now I'm not so much. But, Maybe I should be. But you still But you still have I make many mistakes. Like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's my life. I was uh, texting with your partner, Bean... Yes. Uh, right before you got here, oh, and you were. Uh, I asked him. I said, "Normal dick pics? No- normal. That's just what we do." Okay. Uh, and uh, he. By the way, there's got to be a culture of dudes out there that that's like normal. <laughs> yeah. Like where yeah, it's called gay men. Yeah, I mean, 
I mean, <laughs> do you think it's anyone else? I don't know. I just feel like Hold I'm on. not. Look, there, there. Do you think it's non-gay men? Look, there was a time in high school when dudes or when you were unsure of no, 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 yeah, when, when when dudes would hit each other in the balls things and were happening to Adam's body that he wasn't quite aware of. Hilarious. Right? I got a boner. I didn't know what to do with it, but I wanted to do something with it, and it involved a futon and or can of peanut butter. So, uh, no, I where like dudes would hit each other's dicks to be funny, but or with even, the, but through the clothes. Yes, but so then we in, were talking about dick pics. But then in yeah. college, I'm saying like, then there were guys who would just walk around naked and they thought it was funny, right? Like in the frat, and I was like, oh, clearly this like dude is kind of like I don't know. He just makes we have you different feel sensibilities. He's I like buns. You feel he likes yeah. showing his balls to anybody in the house, <laughs> right? So sure. my point is the fact that that exists. I feel like also I feel like we live in a day and an age where nothing is impossible. Oh, that's very true. So the fact that there couldn't be like guys being like, haha. You know, guys, I mean, pictures of shit I've seen where well, guys are like, look at this weird shit. You know Mike Catherwood. Mike Catherwood. <laughs> so I don't, I would not exclude yeah. dicks from that world of like, Mike, look no, how Mike. funny this is. I, you don't think a dude's never been like, look how funny this dick is. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's not a gay man. And like I'm not, we, no, no. like I said, we know Mike Catherwood. I can say not yeah. a gay man. Yes. How funny it is. Yes. That's funny. Yes. Yes. Because, uh. <laughs> My, uh, uh, my, uh, Mike Catherwood uh, was on the show. Uh, Psycho Mike now is doing afternoons with uh, Dr. Drew. He uh, here in Los Angeles uh, was on Loveline for a, n- a number of years. Whenever I get a text from him, yeah, he's notorious for this. It's the scariest moment of my day. It's not him. Like he's <laughs> yeah. not sending you pictures of himself, but he's no. sending you pictures that are so overwhelmingly gross. Yes, and hor- <laughs> horrific. Yeah, I have gagged multiple times. Yeah. And not in the sexy way uh, of just like, <laughs> having him send me something and just looking at it go, oh, Mike. Like, and he always does it when I'm expecting a text from him because I don't talk to him too often. Oh, so he's smart that way. Yeah, because yeah. he knows I'll open it. Right. Because it, 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 well, you're an idiot for opening it. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, that's on you. I blame so, me. Right. So Victim shaming from Kevin so, Ryder. Wait. So he used to send us stuff all the time. I was like, dude, honestly, I don't enjoy this. I don't want to see a guy <laughs> who sat on a glass jar no. and it's blood. Ever. I don't want to no. see any. And he's got all of those pictures. I don't know where he finds them. But that's the thing. Is like these people, their their sites that right. you have you either hear from somebody but then also there's got to be a sick part of your brain that goes looking for that shit I can't imagine where he gets it from nobody stumbles upon like, two girls one cup I don't, you go looking for that right exactly I don't think any of the stuff that he texts us anyone has ever seen <laughs> oh like, my God. he goes on the dark web or something yeah. I don't know how it happens but yeah. so f- recently maybe about a year and a half ago he came in to do a bit mm-hmm. um, and he asked for my phone number and I was like okay but but don't text me. Any. I'm not into that texting stuff. Do not text me anything gross. I'll block you. This is about 8.30 in the morning. Yeah. 10.05. Boop. Text from Mike. I had to open it, right? Well, sure. Because what if it wasn't? And that's what you, that, that's what he knows I always that. thought. He my, knows my thought that. He is. plays that card. Yeah. Right. It could be something important. Yes. Yeah. It wasn't. It was horrific. <laughs> it was horrific. And I blocked him immediately. And oh. I think it hurt his feelings. <laughs> I think it genuinely well, was. You feeling. warned oh. the guy. I did. I told him, don't send me that. I'm not. Yeah. A f- By the way, he didn't have my phone number for a long time for the same reason. <laughs> I worked with him for, I don't know, six years or something like that. And then he and then he immediately betrayed your trust. Exactly. <laughs> so I just blocked him. I'm know? like that with uh, friends who send me pictures of their kids like for things that like they think like I was a part. It's like, do you think I was there? Do you think I had a hand? Do you think my dick also made this baby? Like, why are you involving me? Like, he sends me like, look at Caleb's first haircut. And I was like, what do you want me to say here? Like, 
he's gonna get so much pussy with that rat tail. Like, what do you want? Me? Like, I, but I, they want to be yeah. me, you know, to involve me. I get that, but yeah, I've had uh, a friend, re- a friend recently sent me a picture of his daughter, who's about three. Yeah, and and she's running around the beach naked. And he sent me a picture of that. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I can go to prison yeah, if yeah. I if I if, open this. If he was funny, he would have called the police on you at the same time, and he would have sent them after you and check he, your phone. Like, hey, up. baby's first day at the beach. I'm like, I, 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 cute, sure. If it's your kid, right? If it's my kid, and the FBI raids my phone right. and they see that photo, I'm gone. So I'm in Las Vegas yeah. uh, over a vacation about a week ago. I was playing in the World Series of Poker. Yeah, that's right. That for those who, of uh, listeners who don't know, if that's a you Huge lo- thing for you. Yeah, I you- love playing poker. And yeah. the World Series of Poker is truly the World Series. I sat yeah. at a table with nine people, and I was the only one from America. Oh, wow. My it was a guy God. from Poland that didn't speak any English and South America everywhere. It's How crazy. do you read those people? Then, you don't. For poker. You're just like, all right. Did, it, did, when, when, when he went, you're like, is that call? Is that I, I fold? No, well, you can tell. What by, is that? Does he think he's playing Uno? Is that draw four? <laughs> yeah. I forget where I was going with that. Well, so you said you were in Vegas. Oh, yes. Yeah, so yeah. a friend of mine that follows soccer yeah. and I'm a big soccer fan yeah. he follows soccer yeah. closely we'll, we'll, we'll share World Cup stories later I'll get a uh, I got a text from him it was like 2am I was exhausted because I played all day it was 2am and he said please tell me that you've seen and then in quotes uh, Brazil soccer double hand job <laughs> <laughs> The keywords in these videos right. are my favorite. <laughs> right. So, because it's just exactly what it is. So, you know? what do I do at that point? <laughs> right? Like, yeah. you have to Double search. Click. Yeah. I'm, yeah. No, that wasn't a link. Oh, oh. No, no, it was just the word. So, okay. now you have to type into your Google. Now I have to type it in my Google. So, I texted him back immediately. If you're sending in the police, now's the time because <laughs> I'm typing it in. And sure enough, it was a. It was a soccer team, guys. Yeah. And one of them was on his knees. Yeah. And two guys were standing up, and it was happening. And they all got fired from playing soccer, <laughs> was including that, the guy filming it. Was that a what? golf? Was that a golf celebration? I don't believe so. They were oh, in the so shower. They, oh, 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 they were actually. It wasn't doing on it. the field. Oh, oh no. yes. Yes. Oh, okay. This it was this, actually happening. This is the sex tape. Yes. Okay. So oh then I was like, if this is a, I mean, if this is a joke, now that's in my browser. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. send the police in now. That, and, but the thing is, is you have a job where, uh, like, if you're an accountant. And your wife finds a Brazil double hand job <laughs> soccer thing in your Google history. Right. She's mad at you. Right. You have the job where you, where you can tell your wife. It's for work. It's for work. Right. I have to know about the crazy guy in Florida that took basalts and <laughs> ate someone's face. I have right. to. I have to have. I have to know about the guy that's got a five hundred pound scrotum. Unfortunately, I, I do have to know all that. <laughs> I didn't have to know about the Brazilian t- uh, soccer players. So I did but, not have to. And you know who sent me that? Who's that? Your brother-in-law. Oh yes, he Captain did. Bad Idea. Yes, he did. Captain Bad Idea. Is that his nickname? Yep. Yeah, we call we, we we call him Captain Bad Idea. Um, and then he earned that nickname when uh, Kevin and I went to uh, Brazil together to uh, watch World Cup because uh, in 2014 the yes. World Cup was in Brazil. We and went and it was the best it, time ever. One of the best vacations. Where do you rank it in your trips? Oh, of just all of, second. I'm wow. yeah, yeah. I'm up there. I'm top five for sure. My first was uh, with my family, but it was a lifelong dream to go to Africa. He has to say that because it's a family. Wow. No, 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 I'm Africa. Sorry. Yeah, Dude, yeah, that's at the yeah. top. Life, my list right now lifelong yeah, dream safari. I, was, I was mad at my kids I was like you guys are already in Africa and I had to dream about it my yeah. whole life <laughs> <laughs> but and then that, and then meanwhile there's Africans going it's not that great here <laughs> We right. would actually love to go to Burbank. I'll yeah. tell you what's cool, though. Is <laughs> you shithead. We live here. <laughs> I'll tell you what's cool, though, is you're in a Jeep, and you turn a corner, and there's 45 elephants that are bigger than your Jeep. Oh, my God. And you just think, at any second, 
I could be snuffed out and no one would ever know what happened. Yeah. Just it's how crazy. often are those thoughts it was crossing your mind? There were lions, there were cheetahs. I mean, it was really amazing. Wow. Oh, and my. then second was the Brazil for the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, and that and, was wild. And just as many ways to die in Brazil we found. More, out. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, well, yeah, you almost I yeah. Mean, got, yeah. Can I be honest? There was a legitimate like I had all your contact info because I was like there's just a legit there's a legitimate like once we joked about it on the podcast, I was like, you know what? I'm not putting it past you getting kidnapped. You are a hot commodity <laughs> right? in Brazil. Right? Yeah. Little I, man in Brazil? Come yeah. on. I a mean, lot for that. Yeah. And uh, I was trying to set it up. Yeah. <laughs> he was, everybody Brad, you he no was idea, calling yeah. the cartels like, we uh, how much can I get for a dwarf? <laughs> Seriously, can I, can, I, can I get tickets? Can yeah. I get front row tickets do for the championship game? I didn't say why remember, I had his contact. Do you remember yeah. the party that we're at when you were dancing yes. there with the girl and everything? Yes, yes. And we literally, there started to be violence, and we were like, let's get the F out of here right now. Yeah. It was so scary. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, that was, and what was even more insane was, the party that we got into yeah. because oh they, I forgot <laughs> because right. we couldn't get in we, we had to be on this special list to get into this uh, crazy USA soccer party and my idea is well let's just say that I'm Wee Man because he looks like Wee Man yeah. yeah so let's see if they go and and the line was I don't know 150 long around the block like we wouldn't have gotten in yeah and and, th- and it's already sold out so that's just the people waiting to get in and Will Ferrell's inside and they've oh got they've got God. all this stuff going on so I went up to the front of the line and I was his person and I was like listen I'm really sorry about this, but I got Wee Man with me. I'm sure you know him. You guys are fucking brilliant. Right? And then he comes walking up, and he's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's just hard to stand in line. Do you mind if it, is it okay? And yeah. we just worked our way into the party. Yeah. Oh, and my God. The best line, I forgot who said it, but someone said, like, oh, and these are my bodyguards. And the guys I'm with, my brother-in-law, maybe. maybe. You and our buddy John, no way. For sure. What? No way. No. <laughs> I thought you were going for sure on that one. No way could they be mistaken for bodyguards. <laughs> but they bought it. Yeah. We walked inside the party. We walked up to the bar. Yes. And Captain Bad Idea yep. did not order drinks. Nope. He ordered a bottle of vodka. Yes. A full bottle. And that was the party where uh, I took the photo of you at some point eating a pizza on the floor drunk. Yes. <laughs> And leaning over. And then... Which you don't remember. I don't remember much about that. And I remember that... And they and just so we're clear, they weren't serving pizza in the party. No. No one knew where he got I the got pizza. I got some pizza. I'm not sure where from. <laughs> I was sitting by myself. It was a pretty sad little photo. I was sitting by myself on the floor, like yes. cross-legged yes. and sort of leaning over. Um, eating the pizza, just trying to get my wits about me because I yeah. drank too much. Yes. And then I went, somehow found my way back to the hotel and sat outside of the hotel because I knew I was going to puke any second. Mm-hmm. All night. It was, <laughs> I don't know, it was 2 a.m. and I stayed there till like 5 a.m. And every single person that came to the hotel was, you all right? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm good. And, you all right? Yeah, I'm good. And our call to get on the taxi or bus or whatever was like at 7 a.m. 7 a.m., right. So yeah. at 5 a.m. I go inside and, and one of them comes stumbling in. They're like, we got to leave at 7. And I'm in Brazil, so I can't, yeah. I can't miss that. So I just go upstairs, shower. Put on some clothes, head right back out, and we go for it. Dude, that's so fun. Dancer and die. So fun. Kevin knows how to party. It, I mean, also, there's something. I, I, I defy anyone that says, like, it's all party guy thing. <laughs> no, sir. You love the party, yeah? Well, I do, but um, there's also the fear of I'm in Brazil. Yeah. And yeah. anything could happen. So you don't so want to lose control. I too only much. know these. Oh, no, I lost control okay. way too much. <laughs> okay. But, yes. So I only know these three guys that yeah. I'm with. And yeah. if they go someplace without me, I'm screwed because yeah. I don't know where to go or anything else like that. <laughs> How often do you think that 
actually happens where like somebody I don't uh, know. we have a we, we have a coffee delivery, coffee delivery. Oh, <laughs> this is happening all the time <laughs> Well, yes, he 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 like and nor normally it's hookers and blow. I see. That's but, what I was expecting. But it's the middle of the day, so uh-huh. so he's going for coffee. If you had done one of the night podcasts with us, then you oh, definitely would have gotten the, definitely would have gotten the hookers and blow. Okay, well, I'll come back. <laughs> I'll come back another time. It is. Uh, I want to know because you talked about your first time. Yep. Do, doing radio. Yes. Was that was radio always something that you were interested in doing? Were no. You, so you're so you're not like your partner where he was a radiophile. From no, and this annoys one. this annoys him so much. I was uh, in Phoenix, yeah, uh, between my freshman and sophomore years of college, and I was uh, mowing lawns. Sure, it was my summer job. Like I love being outside. Yeah, I grew up in Phoenix. I love being outside. I I loved it. We'd go yeah. from place to place, stop, get something to drink, go someplace else. Uh, and I was listening to a morning show at the time, and I thought those guys are really having fun. That sounds fun. I should try that. And Bean said, if anything else had caught your attention at that moment, you would have got into that profession? I said, I don't know, probably. If they would have had a commercial for Demolition Derby. Maybe, you, you yeah. Like, if they would have said... Roller we're, Derby? Yeah, we're, we're, ha- we're having auditions for the guy that gets to jerk off two Brazilian soccer players. <laughs> I would have done it. You would have been like, well, that sounds fun. That sounds like a good time. Uh, no, but so I heard a, a morning show in Phoenix, and the guy seemed like he was having a great time. So yeah. I decided when I went back, I would try to get into broadcasting. Just like that, yeah. And so you go to your school of broadcasting at your college. Yeah, at college they had a uh, a department. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Uh, they had a department of broadcasting, and they had their own radio station. So I was like, all right, I'll just try it. Why not? They don't really teach anything. They just give you. No. They just show you how to do it, and then you just do it. And they don't care at all if you're good, bad. No, because it's college radio. They don't it, care. It's the it's the experience more than the it, quality of the show. Uh, Adam, you did your. You did radio yeah, at USC, I had a radio right? Show, so um, USC is a much bigger deal, though. I, I mean, was at a tiny, tiny time. I I would guess four thousand students. Oh wow! Total. Where yeah. would it be broadcast? Just, Just through through. You had to plug into the wall. Oh, there's wow. no wireless because remember 1950s. Yeah, you had to plug into the wall <laughs> to get the signal. So oh, literally. Wow. So once you plugged in, it's like, well, now I'm connected i can't move but literally <laughs> i at times because i found it funny that yeah. zero people were listening yeah i would say i have 20 dollars in my pocket if anyone is listening and you call right now i'll give you the 20 dollars. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing nothing so that meant there was zero people listening oh my god <laughs> yeah the the um so that's where you really i mean Created your, uh, got comfortable. Created your style. Got I no, mean, got I would, developed. Your I would argue that you're still not comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too comfortable. I think it's my problem. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. no one uh, job that that go where you go like, oh, cool. Now I'm the best at what I do. I've right? never like, thought I'm the best at anything. Right. Well, a lot of people would disagree with that. Yeah. Oh, please. Uh, we, we, no, I'm saying how I see myself, yeah. which is great. No way. Which is I, great. Uh, I went from the school radio station to the local radio station. I was with a guy who was working there, and mm-hmm. the, uh, the boss called and said somebody called in sick, and I was like, I'll do it. And they put me on. <laughs> they didn't care there either. Wow. So they put Just me on there. Just be available. Right. Yeah, that's, uh, but you were comfortable enough to be on air at that point. Yeah? I mean, yeah. Because you loved it. Yeah. Fake it till you make it. Right. And, well, I, was just, uh, and I was terrible. You what know? would you gab terrible. about? Um, not much. I just played a lot of records okay. and just tried to not screw up. Yeah. Well, and the thing about uh, being a being a, a radio personality, <laughs> I imagine it's like stand up in that the only way to get better at it is to actually do it. Correct. Yeah. You you can't read a book. You can't right. take a class. You can't. Here's what happens. You listen yeah. to people and you say that seems easy. Yeah. 
And then you try it and you go, that's not easy. I can't. Well, I can't do yeah, because anyone can talk for maybe five minutes. Right. Do one five-minute break. But when you have to actually do a four-hour show or a three-hour shift or whatever the hell it is, that's a whole other level. Different thing. There is actually one book that I read on how to do morning radio, and it's the Brad Williams book of morning radio. <laughs> is that right? Where it's, you, it's basically four pages. You do stand-up. <laughs> uh-huh. You have 12 years. Yep. Right. You get a radio job. You quit after four months. You go back to stand-up. <laughs> yeah. So it didn't, I didn't learn anything, but I was like, oh, what a cool perspective. It's more of a pamphlet <laughs> than a book. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just available in the lobby of most radio stations say, like why are you doing this job <laughs> alright so let me tell you about uh, me and B where yes. we met we yeah. met at a radio station in Phoenix and it was a huge radio station at the time I had worked my way up to the station and I was driving mm-hmm. the van at first and then they, I moved up were I was, you just loving it I mean was it you yeah were it was like, fun because I is... because it was just it was nonsense it was playing records and having yeah. fun and laughing and, and playing pranks how old at the time um 22 23 yeah. so that and, and that's it's you're around music right you love know, it love it yeah so the hours weren't crazy for you like uh no i was working at night 6 to 10 p.m oh my god i could get off at 10 p.m i could go out all night i could sleep in it was oh great oh my god yeah. okay go, and then Bean was working yeah. there and he was did the afternoon shift yeah so i did the night shift and he did the afternoon shift but on saturday nights we did a show called the saturday night party patrol okay this is when Bean still <laughs> met people. And this was basically, we would take the van starting you, at 6 p.m. Yeah. on Saturday night, and yeah. people would call and say, we're having a party. Here's our address. Come over. So Bean and I would drive the van over to their house and broadcast from their party. Oh and then God. it would all just go bonkers. And sure. as soon as the police were called, we would run to the van <laughs> and take off, and we'd call back to the station. And the guy back at the station, who was Sluggo at the time, he oh, would wow. go, all right, here's, yeah. another, here's another party. Here's the address. Go to this one. And oh, we went from party God. to party to party to party on Saturday night. That By is- the way, this is you were ahead of your time with that idea. And I was, I was in charge of it. <laughs> right? That's, so, that, that's how little these guys cared. Right? Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Let me tell you the story before. Yeah. So my boss now, Mr. Weatherby, yeah. had that job before me. So he Get was doing the, the Saturday night party patrol wow. as Doug Kelly. Okay. And I remember thinking to myself, that guy is so unbelievably drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and he's on the radio. Yeah. You're like, that's that, perfect for me. That's when I knew I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly thought someday I'm going to get on that Saturday Night Party Patrol and I'm going to be able to drink and do radio and it's going to be the best thing ever and it was. Dude, what was it like when you discovered the flask? Did you just come, <laughs> come, come in your pants? Like, this, like what a week that was. <laughs> so that was good times and that's when Bean still sort of enjoyed people and didn't yeah. mind it. He would go from house to house. Can you imagine that now? No, I mean, I have so many if questions. You know, if you know Bean, you know... Uh, yeah, Even if you no. don't, he's yeah. he's not that social. He doesn't like nope. people. He gets very uncomfortable if there's more than say three. See, because I never get three. that vibe. I guess I've always talked to him in small circles. He's really uh, here's the thing. He's really good at it. Yeah. So he'll come down for April Foolishness or whatever yes. and meet everybody, mm-hmm. yes. and he's great at it. But inside, he's dying. Oh man, he hates. He, he just well, he, like well, he pretends well. It's anxiety. Sure. And he doesn't like it. He'll say like, if there's like five people in the room, he'll go. I don't know. There's too many people in here. Yeah. And he's serious. Yeah. What about when he looks in the mirror? Is he like, there's too many people? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure about yeah. that. I've never been with him when he looks in the mirror. <laughs> Wait, I have so many questions about the okay. party patrol because yes. A, I feel like, I mean, like that's something Brad and I, had we known each other uh, back then, would have. Absolutely. I mean, that's like that such a brilliant, a brilliant way, first of all, to um, to have, to create uh, work opportunities for yourself. Right. And then secondly, to like bond with, I mean, like I can't imagine you guys didn't like go, oh, we sh- this is... 
that like, that's when we learned that Bean could make me laugh harder than anyone, and I yeah. could make him laugh. That's sort of how we got the idea that Did we you have should like work a look in each other's eyes of like, all right, we should continue past this and do more shit. Like, and, then, and then they kissed. I don't what, think we had a look in our eyes. No, I'm saying like slow, slow music with trying to romanticize it. Yeah. No, so uh, we did that probably for, I don't know, Bean and I probably did it for, I did it for about three years. I think Bean did it for about two or three. Mm-hmm. What was the know. craziest party that? Oh, I mean, it's impossible to tell. I mean, okay. there would be fights break out and just everybody would go crazy. Uh, but our thing was we had to get, yeah, we had to get out of there right now. And you were just interviewing party. Like you'd yes. be like, hey, drunk guy who just fell over the dishwasher. Yes. Come tell us how that fell fell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then we would play like party music on the radio and stuff. And we'd take some time. We'd go to another party. It was crazy. Wow. That, but, yeah. That's but we would always never, get out because yeah. we didn't want to be caught in a party when the police got there. Right. That, that's so you, something that could never be right. done. And today that was the original pullout. Lawyers. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but but the, thing about, out. the thing about Phoenix is it's a very flat city. That's mm-hmm. why we could do it. So you could drive the van around and put the antenna up and you could broadcast from oh. anywhere. Try it here, you couldn't do it because there's mountains in the yeah. way and hills and there's no, I mean, our signal is weak anyway at K-Rock. <laughs> I would like to think too that people at that party, like that's kind of a the same way when you see people in the background on a, on a news shoot being like, ah. like if people see the radio <laughs> show, they're probably wanting to get so fucked up that you guys, or do something crazy that you do interview them or, or, or would people bombard you and be like, I want to give a shout out to my ex-girlfriend Tina, you fucking bitch. <laughs> I told you this party was going to rock you. Yeah. Yes, said it wouldn't. Yes, like, that happens a lot. Yeah, that <laughs> happened a lot. I should say. Oh, I can imagine. So great. And like, we, while that's going but on, there's a lot of times like we wouldn't get there till yeah. nine, ten, eleven, and they had been pre-partying, and so oh, no one even oh, cared yikes. we were there. They probably didn't even notice. It was just, it was just craziness. And then. How, that may be what ruined people for being. It's possible the Saturday <laughs> night seeing them in their worst state yeah, ruined them. because he always imagines every situation right. is going to eventually turn into that. Yeah, and he hates nonsense <laughs> and he hates people who are drunk and he just he hates everything about it. Does he drink himself? No, God, no, never has. Ne- ne- never drink in he his life. He touched alcohol one time. Oh, he did. Okay, and it, we were lucky enough to. What do was a, his last name? We were <laughs> <laughs> we were lucky enough to do a breakfast with. You too, if I could drop some names, if you don't sure. mind. Oh my God. And Bono says you need to do a purple, violet, pur- blue, velvet. I don't remember some what it's called. Some fancy Scottish liqueur. It's, yeah. it's champagne Irish, I mean. okay. mixed with Guinness. Oh man. What? Okay. You're right. And it's, in, it's uh, eight o'clock in the morning. Of course yeah. it is. But it's Bono. Yeah. So what do you do? By the way, it's Bono right. is the name of the reality show where Bono goes around the world <laughs> and says, will you do this with me? Right. And people go, I don't know. And then the guy behind him goes, it's Bono. Right, man. exactly. Yeah. So Bean, who's never touched alcohol. Yeah. And I don't know why. It's not a religious thing. It's just it's just thing. I think he made a choice I, and stuck with it. Maybe he's afraid to lose control. Sure. I don't mm-hmm. know. But uh, that, that one time I saw them pour it for him and he just started drinking. I was like, did he? Wow. Enjoy it? I mean, like, no, we put no. it right down. But yeah, I mean, he tasted yeah. it. Wow, that's a power of bond. That's as that's as, <laughs> that's as far as he's ever gone. Has tasted it. Wow, he's now, never been drunk. But can you imagine? Yeah, I, I just can't. Like having, he's never been buzzed. I but, can't. But then I think about the times when I've been so drunk. Like my sophomore year of college, I was in a. I went to a, a fraternity sorority formal where the theme was saving lives, and so people <laughs> were like nurses, firemen. I went oh, as okay. Batman, and I I was the <laughs> one and only time I've ever blacked out. Oh no! And I was carried down the USC fraternity row by two of the football players in my house in the full Batman suit still, oh. and everyone was out on the street and. 
I just remember my buddy going, dude, dude, you got to wake up. This is amazing. And people were cheering and clapping like Rudy was being carried off the field. But it was drunk Batman being carried down the road. Uh, That's I would, awesome. I would pay so much money to see right? that footage. To see that footage. Yeah, yeah. Same. All. So, yeah. I also rushed the stage during a taping and the price is right. Look, booze has been what? very good to me. Yeah. Say well, that again. I need to tell that story next time I come on your show. You rushed the stage on the price is right. Yeah. Uh, there's videotape of me on during uh, the showcase and did showdown. You get to, did you get to guess? The numbers? Did no, this play? was during the celebration after the dude won. Oh. I ran on stage. I sat in his Escalade. I rubbed his head. I did the robot behind Bob Barker. Did as you he's know like, the guy that won? Cut off your dog's penis and clits. I was like doing the robot behind him. <laughs> did no. you know the guy that won? No, I didn't know either one of them. That makes it so much better <laughs> yeah. that you had no I'll idea. I'll tell the was. full story on, the, on Kevin and I B next time I come on. Yeah, I mean, well, hey, uh, alcohol is how we essentially know each other. I mean, basically. Because, yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. When did this uh, romance blossom? Uh, we, it was 2009. You guys do something, and and we'll get back to the origin stories of uh, yes. Kevin and Bean, but this is 2009, the Miss Double December pageant, which is, <laughs> like, that's what you do if you have a radio show. You're like, hey, let's just let's just get a bunch of girls with big boobs around us. I mean, what, people what do we seem do? to like it. We, you know, people it seem to love it. It wasn't for us, of course. Of oh, course. sure. People. We think about the people. Yeah, absolutely. Let me just say, first of all, uh, <laughs> that you, like, you know, that is, yeah, like, uh, stations, you come up with your shows and games and events, but, like, all of yours are phenomenal. There's not a bad one. Well, I mean, we, that, that's singles the, parties, that's trips the to intent. Vegas. Yeah. yeah, but I'm just saying, like, there's probably like think about how many of uh, events like that stations around the country will try to pull off or do, and you're just like, oh man, that you missed the boat on that. Like, did you guys have you always just struck gold on these um, like Double December when that came to the table? Was yeah, that was pretty strong from the beginning. Yeah. Of course, <laughs> of course. It's, so, so yeah. I'm standing there. It's yeah. 2009, and I'm on the side of the stage, and yeah. I don't know Brad. Yeah. And then uh, I, I and I was with Captain Bad Idea. Uh, there's a theme going on here, yep. and uh, we were blocks from his house. Yeah, we uh, yeah. This is the uh, Fullerton place. Cause, yeah, because it was at the slide bar. Yes. and uh, we went there early. And we, my, Captain Bad Idea finagled us backstage. I don't know how. I don't know why. He just says, "Hey, we're backstage," and I go, "Okay." That's and what I he does. Run, and I and now I'm backstage. I think his line was, "I, I have a midget." We should be able to go backstage. He's wee man. Yeah, and he needs to get in. <laughs> so, that, so, I'm, so I'm just backstage, and we're drinking, and we're talking with people, and uh, I don't know if I came up to you. You did. Yeah, okay. You yes, did. I came up to you. <laughs> yep. And longtime listener of the show, but uh, and I just said, hey, um, whenever they whoever wins, let I'm a comedian. Let me run up on stage and hump her leg. Yep. And and what was my answer? Fuck yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I'd never met him before, but yeah. I was like, this guy wants to hump her leg? That sounds like good entertainment. And if you think about it, I'm you in. don't know me. You don't know if I'm a stalker. You don't know if I have a weapon. You don't know whatever's going to happen. None of that went through my mind. You don't know if I'm going to touch the girls in an inappropriate Maybe way. That, that's bad on me, isn't it? I should have <laughs> asked, asked a few more questions. <laughs> no vetting process. So, and, and I don't even think you told the other nope. members of the show. No, no, no. That You don't want to tell people that. You don't want to vote on it. Because yeah. then some Somebody will say, nah, it's a bad idea. It might scare the girl. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, that was my first thought was keep it to myself. <laughs> you don't want that. So uh, <laughs> the winner of the Miss Double December uh, uh, pageant is announced, and man, was she qualified. Yes. Uh, and I ran up on stage and just started humping her leg. And, and I was in love. Yeah. <laughs> 
ACC. Not with the Miss Double December. With, with wow. Brad. Yeah, you were you were uh, yeah. taken aback yeah. by the. Yeah. Uh, did did anyone? Because I wasn't there for the aftermath of that. Did anyone talk about that afterward and be like, why? Who let that guy not on stage? Really? It's just like, oh, it's Kevin Bean. No, that that happens. Not really. That stuff happens, and no one really, as long as nothing horrible goes wrong, no right. one really cares. Yeah. If something horrible had gone wrong, they would have had to track it back to me. But thank God they didn't. Well, yeah. so explain to people what the event is. Oh, it's a Miss Double December. Basically, it's a uh, it's a beauty pageant for yeah. for a girl that will be our model for the next year. Mascot. So that so yeah. that when we go out and we do radio shows someplace, people have something that they like looking at instead of us. Right? <laughs> Brilliant. Right? So we just put we just bring her and then everybody's happy and they're yeah. all watching her and we and, yeah. there's, and there's been how many of them? Oh jeez. Oh, oh I, I don't know. Eighteen I don't know. Eighteen, wow. something like that. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, and uh, we talked. We talked afterward. Let you guys know as a comedian. I started hanging out with. Uh, I would go see Ralph's uh, Ralph Garman's live podcast, uh, Hollywood Babylon. Shout out to them, Ralph. Kevin uh, Smith. Yeah, uh, Ralph eventually uh, heard my stuff and said, "Hey, let's uh, let's uh, get you on the show for one segment." You guys were familiar with me. Came on. I was familiar with your humping. That's all I knew. <laughs> At that point, that's all I knew. I was like, familiar with your humping. But again, no vetting. That sounds See, like the line in, a, in if Garth Brooks has a, does a comeback album, that'll be the opening line of I was track four. Humping. Do you remember when I tried to get you to hump Larry King's leg? Yeah, that was at the first uh, April Foolishness. The first April I think Foolishness I heard about that. that I was at, and uh, you, you told me like, we've Larry? got a caller from below my knee. Caller, go ahead. Larry King is there he's, doing stand up. He's ninety. Yeah, and he's there doing stand-up and i think it would be the funniest thing in the world for brad to run out and hump his leg and and you suggest it and i go yeah uh i i should hump a legend right and then <laughs> and then and john isn't here in my in my mind i thought what if what seriously like what if larry king dies like what if it just gives him a heart attack or something dude you get to a certain age you have to consider that right what if he looks down sees a dwarf humping his leg going this is all this world has for me <laughs> <Right>. goodbye <laughs> so now so now i start to go worry. ahead heaven so, so now i start to worry and i but uh but my default position is as soon as you start to worry jump that's how yeah. i think yeah so this could go wrong i don't want to think about all the ways it Good could go move. wrong go yeah and Brad took off, and Dave, the King of Mexico, producer of the show, was listening and yep. heard us talking yep. about it, and tackled Brad before he could get out. <laughs> Flat of out, like midfield. Yep. Uh, this is a Lawrence Taylor o over the middle. I mean, Just he was bold. He was like, "You could kill him." I was like, "Yeah, but what are the chances?" <laughs> probably just as entertaining. People probably knew something was going to happen. Hey, but what? Let's be honest. It, seeing a dwarf hump Larry King's leg, or seeing a dwarf run at Larry King and get tackled, right. is just as entertaining. Yeah. But, but he got tackled backstage, Off so no stage. one saw it. Nobody oh, saw it. And, and they didn't really know. I was so mad. Was. Yeah, you're like, why? I was outraged. <laughs> I was like, Brad could have humped Larry King's leg. What's wrong with you? There's still time. <laughs> there is. There's still time for me and Larry. I don't know that there's a lot of. Time for Larry. Uh, <laughs> if I could be honest, when, when you're when you're back in Phoenix now, does someone come to you and say, "Hey, you guys are doing this show together"? Oh, we, for we, the morning show. Yeah, we have an opening in the morning show. Or how do you guys get on doing nope. your own show together this then is, on the weekday? This is sort of funny in that we both worked for the same radio station. We started talking about we should do a morning show, maybe. Mm -hmm. And you, what you think about at the time is you're going to put together a morning show. You're going to start in a tiny market. Yeah. And you're going to work there for five years, and then yeah. you're going to do well. Then you'll move up to a mid-sized market. If you do well, you move up to you know the dream is Los Angeles. Yeah. The dream station is K Rock. So we never in a million years thought that. So we worked at a station called KZZP. Mm -hmm. 
I was the night guy. He was the afternoon guy, and he was the music director. And we went to them, and we said, we'd like to audition yeah. to do a morning show on Saturday morning. Okay. And they said, no. <laughs> they said, no. Okay. But you can go to our station in Tucson and do it. We owned a station in Tucson at the time, so they said you could do that. So we went down to Tucson on a Saturday morning, and we found a memo, I'm not joking, disavowing any knowledge of what we were doing. Why would they do that? I, we weren't even there. We hadn't even done anything yet. But they put out a memo to everybody at the radio station saying, if anybody asks about what's happening on Saturday morning, just tell them you don't know. They were way ahead of their time. Well, how did they know, though? <laughs> because we had never even auditioned yeah, it. never had a conversation with right. them. Nothing. So they didn't know to be afraid of us. Mm-hmm. In, in retrospect, it was probably a good decision. But So we started there. Yeah, and then we put together a tape. Uh, he moved away. He went to San Francisco and started working there, and I went up to San Francisco and we put together. We did an overnight shift and we put together a tape of what we would sound like doing a morning show. Yeah, and I remember yeah. one thing about that, and that is that something cracked me up. I don't remember what it was, and I was laughing so hard that I was laying on the floor. <laughs> and it, wow. and while that was happening, I was thinking, this is... Intense joy. Th- yes. <laughs> it's also on the radio in San Francisco, although yeah. it's overnight, it's probably not that many people are listening, but I need to stop laughing. Right. And stand up and move... <laughs> Talk I, into the microphone, hit a, bu- hit a button, do something. I couldn't. It's the wow. only thing I remember. I was paralyzed oh. and I was laughing. And the more you try to convince yourself that you need to stop laughing, the harder you laugh. Oh, There's yeah. no way yeah. to get out of that cycle. Yeah. At, and, and did that, uh, so would, did people talk about you guys at the station? Like, hey, these guys are actually good? No, or did no. you? No. no one did. Here's what happened. This is the yeah. weirdest, luckiest story ever. So we put together a tape of that, mm-hmm. and we sent it out to people, and they said, no, nah, no thanks, no thanks, no thanks. And then a friend of ours knew the program director at K-Rock in Los Angeles, <laughs> and they were looking for a morning show. Um, wow. Right. The number one essentially the number one station and the number one radio market. For both of us. Bean Bean used to vacation in Los Angeles because Bean's a radio nerd. He loves radio. Oh, really? Yeah. He used to vacation in Los Angeles so that he could record K-Rock because it was such a cool station. Oh, my god! Then he would take the tapes back to wherever he was, Washington, D.C., or wherever he was, but that was like, that's the pinnacle of where you want to be. Yeah. Has LA always been the top radio market? I mean, Chicago's huge, New York is huge, yeah. but for us, LA, Chicago, New York, LA has K Rock. Where does Tallahassee rank? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it's way down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the program director at the time, Andy Schoen, mm-hmm. listened to our tape and called us and said, I want to meet with you. So you made it like a mixtape of yes. just uh, like a yeah. highlight reel? Yes. Just, just some bits and. Of just us, and it wasn't good. <laughs> I mean, in I, retrospect. <laughs> I'm serious, though. Yeah. Like, it really wasn't. But he listened to it, and he said, I think these guys have some promise. Wow. So I'm going to, do you guys want to fly here? And Bean called me and said, hey, uh, they want to interview us for K-Rock in Los Angeles. And I said, seriously, though, really? And, yeah. and he said, no. And I said, did you tell him we haven't, we've never done it before? And he said, yeah, I told him. <laughs> First of all, idiot. Don't, right. don't, don't, don't say that. But I was... I was so shocked about that phone call. I I honestly just thought he was messing around with me. Yeah. Because for somebody to take a chance. So you hadn't done any morning radio. Right. It was all night. And Bean had done the afternoon. Afternoon. And he was a DJ. And at morning. So how different is it for people that don't know? uh, Other than the time. It's it's a hundred percent. It's we had no idea. Yeah. So they fly us in and 
we basically just meet with the program director and he says, I want to hire you. And we were like, really? Like, I always thought this was going to backfire as a joke or something because it's, yeah. it's too good to be true. At some point, Bean would be a, pull out a microphone right. and be like, we're playing this on the morning show tomorrow or, or the afternoon show and be like, this is a whole big bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're an idiot, Kevin, yeah. because you bought into this. Yeah. Yes. I honestly thought that it was a joke. Oh, my God. And then... The, the confidence that I had in us, I thought, we accept the job. Yeah. We're there six months. We get fired. Great. We could put that on a resume that we worked at K-Rock in Los Angeles. Yes. Right. They we got fired from K-Rock. Right. Then we can go to Reno. I mean, that was as, <laughs> that was as big as I could dream at that time. It's yeah. just getting if, fired from K-Rock. If I could make it six months at K-Rock and then get fired, yeah. I was gold. That would be great because yeah. we were so excited to work there. So we started on the first day of 1990. Yeah. And we were horrible yeah. for about five years. Okay. It took us that long to sort of learn how to do it. Mm -hmm. What happens, first of all, in that interview that made you think you sealed the deal? Like, did you guys do anything? Were you funny together, like, in the room, obviously? Bean, was, Bean is a funnier person than I am. I'm, I consider myself fun. He's yeah. funny. That's, there's a difference. Yeah. He's, uh, Bean, Bean's got the one-liners. Yes. That's how Brad and I do it, too. I go, I'm the funny one. I got the great calves. He's got the puns <laughs> and the uh, Captain Bad Idea relative. Yeah. And, so a relative and, is part of his attraction? Yeah. And yeah. a fiance. He's okay. doing better at life than me. I mean, you know, I'm winning. He's more whatever. of an adult than I am. <laughs> so we get in the car. The, the program director from K-Rock picks us up at the airport. And we get in the car. We hear Rodney on the Rock. Oh, right. Right. What? Yeah. This is a legendary... DJ that has worked at K-Rock. <laughs> this is his voice. That has worked at K-Rock for 30 years or something like that. And yeah. that is his voice. Yeah. And um, somebody like a water. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Wow. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. a water person. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we spare no expense here wow, how about at the that? About Last Night podcast. We just <laughs> you think that stair stepper means I don't have money? <laughs> we just got hot girls delivering us water. That's what happens. Um, so we get in the car and we hear Rodney and Bean immediately says, well, that's your problem right there. And he makes the program director laugh. At, at first, I thought, okay, that's that's it. We're done. Yeah. But the program director laughed, and I was like, okay, we're in. And That's and, fantastic. And just so people know how, like, because I, I want people to grasp who Rodney Bingenheimer was in yes. Los Angeles at that point. This is a man where, without him, there probably is no no doubt. Right. There is no, like, just he, so many bands. The first person to play Bro. Van Halen. Yeah. He, he discovered Blondie, all these different bands that he discovered because he could play anything he wanted in the 80s. Yeah. Anything he wanted. And he had this knack for talent and getting music. And this is a time where someone could actually give a DJ their demo and be like, hey, play it. And, and if a DJ liked it, they could yeah. play it as on air. As long as it was accompanied by, with Coke. <laughs> right. Sure. These were the days. This yeah. is the Wild West. Yeah. And then... Uh, and so, so, that, so, that, so he's so that's a really why, important person, but he yeah. sounds like this. He, yeah. So now we're going to play... The monkeys. <laughs> and by the way, shout shout out to Ralph Garman for teaching me how to do that impression. That was not almost, a very good impression. Almost almost every impression I do is an impression of Ralph yeah, Garman yeah, yeah. doing that impression. That's, yeah, I want people to know that. But uh, wait, yeah. so this guy, where? So his. Um, so you get the job, and then I mean, do you just start? You go into panic mode, or do you go into like total panic mode? Yeah, yeah, I had no idea because now you have four hours. So we showed the up air. the first. I remember showing up the first day mm -hmm. and asking Bean what we were going to do. What do we do? <laughs> and so we started winging it. We played a lot of music, and we started yeah. we started trying to be funny, and we weren't. And Mark and Brian at the time were a big radio duo in oh, Los yeah. Angeles, and yep. they were destroying. Massive. They yeah. were massive. Played a lot of Beach Boys, right? 
something. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but everybody hated us. And, yeah. and rightfully so. Because you were the new guys. Yeah, and, and we were trying to copy And you're not Mark, Mark and Brian. And Brian. Right, yeah. but we were two guys trying to be funny, so they assumed we were trying to copy Mark and Brian, but we, right. neither of us had really heard them. You were LFO when Backstreet Boys was already <laughs> a big deal. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, <laughs> Kevin Bean, the LFO of morning radio. <laughs> and then we started getting response from the audience, which was at first crushing. You are ruining the best radio station that has ever existed. Oh my yeah. God. And in our Thanks, minds, Dad. and in our minds, it was the best radio station that ever existed. So right. I didn't want to ruin it. And it, that was painful. Like at first, and we, we started getting all this response. Like this is the worst. Why is K-Rock doing this? You guys are the worst. You're just trying to be Mark and Brian. And it started hurting my feelings. Of and course. That, that's when I sort of learned that you have to be able to be okay with people hating you. Yeah. It's all right. Not everybody's going to like you. Yep. And you're going to rub people the wrong way. And, and that, there's and so many different types of people. People are going to hate you. Such yeah. a healthy realization and so easier said than done. To so like easier adapt. said than done. But sure. what we started doing was, is we started reading the hate mail. We would Perfect. read it on the air because it oh, made what a us, great way to deal with it. It made us laugh, and it also was—I don't know—it gave us content. That's one thing you guys have always done, and even do today, uh, where you're self-deprecating and you—you oh. you don't take yourselves too seriously. We did it honestly because I don't think we knew how else to deal with it. Like, <laughs> either we're going to take this seriously and walk away with our tail between our legs, or we're going to try and you know make it funny yeah. and. And do the best we could and try to make it to that six-month mark that I was hoping to make it to. <laughs> And you did. I did. We did, yeah. Yeah. Did you have like a little party of like, we didn't get fired <laughs> six months? Um, no. Yeah, because then you had to go to work the next we day. We didn't, yeah, because we literally learned on the, on the air at K-Rock on the fly. Yeah. And, and that's unheard of. Do you ever of. go back and listen to some of those old eps just to go like... Yeah. <laughs> they're probably painful, huh? That really painful. Well, somebody it's, like, it's, it's, really it's, painful. it's like us going back and looking at our old sets that we oh, did like God, a year and a right? half into comedy where we're like, I thought that was funny. Right. Oh, yeah. I thought that was good. And you can tell that we're trying really hard because we don't want to screw up. We want to be a good morning show, but we couldn't. We didn't yeah. know how to. And Bean was funnier than I was. And, and so we tried to work off that. And it was just all. Did you have the. Di- when do you feel like you got the. Because I'm, I'm sure in the first year, you there was a point where the dynamic really clicked, right? Uh, or did it take did a few Did you say years? first year? Yeah. <laughs> no. I would a couple say, weeks ago. <laughs> I would say second to third year. Cool. Okay. Yeah, where yeah. I learned, like, being pretty much leads on interviews, and I'm okay yep. with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's funny, and I'm fun, and we can make this work together. And it took us probably, I would say it probably took us to eight or nine years before we sort of understood what it was to do a morning show, how much work it was, and yeah. how hard we had to work. To- and how much work you could create for yourself to really take yes. it up a notch, right? Yes, exactly. Because I think it's, and you know, I don't know, but I would imagine that you could find a routine of stuff and go, cool, we can do like the bare minimum of this and still be great and have the following that we have, right. or we could think outside the box, which I feel like you've done. But the first program director that we had would never give us any kind of input. What we would do is we would get off the air at 10 Mm a.m. and we would go, and I think he knew that we were taking a lot of crap and that it was really pretty painful that we were ruining this station. So we would go into his office and we would close the door and there was a live phone-in show on CNN from 10 to 11 in the morning. Yeah. And we would crank call it. That's what we would do for an hour. We would call up and we'd get the screener and we'd give him a serious question. And then we'd get on the air and then we'd say something funny. And that's what we did. We did that, and we played darts. 
Those are the two things that we did after that's the for like life. three years. Yeah. Oh my and, god. And that's normally when people are when after the show, that's when you sit down and have the meeting and plan out the next show. Well, that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> right. But we didn't know that at the time. We had no idea. So it probably took us seven to eight years to learn. Did you guys have a producer at that point that was helping you out? We had a um, we had a producer that wasn't. Um, we had producers yeah. that would do what we asked them to do, yeah. okay. but they didn't know how to do a morning show either. So you guys were all just we learning. were all just trying to figure out yeah. along the way how to do. it. What about the? T- oh, go yeah. ahead. I mean, like that's the thing about uh, morning radio and the, my brief, brief, brief stint in it that totally shocked me was like I thought it's like oh you're on the air at six. You're off the air at 10, and you have the rest of the day. Right. What I found out is like, oh, no, there's a lot of stuff you have to do after the show is done in terms of prep and figure out bits and, like, I mean, I don't want to complain about drive, drive to remotes and, like, I don't want to complain like about that because we sure. have the best job in the world. Sure. But there is a lot more time spent than people realize. Yeah. Uh, I've talked to uh, one of your old producers, uh, Lightning. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> in terms of, like, yeah, I would get there at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I would leave at 6 p.m. Yeah. Yeah, but that was lightning. He was he's a martyr. <laughs> he's a martyr. I would say, why are you still there? Go home. <laughs> you guys are out at ten. You can work from home. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, how long did it take to adjust to the hours? I know that was like maybe the biggest I'll hurdle let you for know. Brad. Yeah, you. you I'll never let do. you know. You never get used to it. I set my alarm for three fifty, and every day it sucks. Yeah. But again, I don't want to complain because there are people that have to work for yes. a living that are putting on roofing at and when it's 115 degrees. Yeah, who might have complained about getting up early? Yeah, there are there are people that are driving to w- jobs that they hate, right? Where they're not doing breakfast breakfast with you too, exactly at right. four at four thirty in the morning, right? So, but yeah. you can, but I, but I think it is. I mean, I love that you at least will acknowledge that it does suck. It does suck. Like, it's it's horrible, yeah. and especially somebody like myself. I love going out at night. I love yeah. going to concerts. Any concert I love. You're I big, love going oh, to really? sporting events. Hell yeah! I go to almost all the Kings games. I go to a lot of Galaxy yeah. games. Yeah. So, so you get home. You know, when the Kings were in the playoffs, they'd be in double overtime. Yeah. We'd get home at one a.m. and then you got to and I'd set the alarm for three fifty. That's, and then get up and go do the And you the can show. do that sometimes. And yes. sometimes you have to because yes. you have to allow yourself to, to not completely shut off from a, uh, uh, I don't want to say a normal life, but like not getting to experience some of the perks and, right, and the things exactly. you like to do. Like, unless, unless you're Bean, who has a strict bedtime of 8 o'clock. I'm not very disciplined. He is. <laughs> well, look, he Jeopardy's en- over by then. Yeah. What else is worth staying up for? He doesn't enjoy going to concerts. Yes, yeah. He doesn't enjoy going to sporting yeah. events. He'd rather just watch them on TV, but I loved it. So I... I you get tired of saying no because of my schedule and you just learn, all right, I'll just take a nap the next day. I'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I'm as sharp as I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what were some of the earliest uh, regular bits that you guys would do? We used to do a bit called the uh, celebrity refrigerator. And <laughs> Is that just calling up William the Refrigerator Perry and saying, no. saying what's up? No, we would go to celebrities' houses. I, look, we would just brainstorm. Basically, yeah. here's what happened. Our program director said, Rick Dees is your target. Yeah. He is, and both of us, Bean and I both agree, maybe the fakest person ever alive. Rick Dees? Yeah. Rick Dees in the, the weekly top 40. So crazy yeah. fake happy, like too happy. You just don't mm-hmm. buy it. Yeah. So and, I don't like people like that. And, right. And he was on uh, he was Kiss, on FM, Kiss FM, FM at yeah, the, the time, and he was station. huge as well. Yeah. And our program director said, do the opposite of what he's doing. Whatever he's doing, do the opposite of it. So we would just try to come up with ideas. Celebrity refrigerator was a terrible idea. Um, We would go to any celebrity's house that would let us. Mm -hmm. Um, Phyllis Diller. I don't know. I don't even remember some of the people that we went to. And we would go through their refrigerator. 
And most of the time it sucked. It yeah. was a terrible bit. <laughs> when, did, when, when did you call the hospital where Mother Teresa was in? Or was it the Vatican that you guys called? Um, or the hospital and you, and you asked to speak to Mother Teresa? Yeah, I don't remember when that was. <laughs> That's just the kind of stuff because and the rules back then were much easier. They were l- much, yes. much less um, oversight by the FCC and more importantly yeah. lawyers for the company. Yeah, you could do, you could do prank calls right. and actually air them. And I want to, and I want to stress this for for people that and maybe you're not allowed to say this so I, so I'll say this uh, people that are like oh my god this one radio show is so crazy because they prank call people and tell them that they're that they're being cheated on right that's every single one of those calls is fake oh no I'll talk about that yeah that's, and that's Ryan Seacrest yeah and I have nothing against him he's a great host yeah he does good TV work. Yeah. He's great on American Idol. I mean, he's just sort of... He's a host. No rough edges. Yeah, and just makes everybody happy. Yeah, makes everybody happy. But his biggest bit is Ryan's, Ryan's roses. roses. And yeah. if you go to another city, it's Bob's Roses and, and Paul's Roses. Yeah. And it's a service that they provide where they write out scripts and they give you actors and yeah. actresses. Yeah, and because and I know some of the comedians... Oh, you do? ...who have played the people on the phone calling people and acting like they're just finding out they're getting cheated on and then it's a fake. So that drives it's, me crazy. Because it's, it's all fake. That drives me crazy. And that's... But people <sighs> buy it wholeheartedly and that's the part that drives me crazy because you can't legally even do what he's doing. No, you can't legally put someone on the radio without them knowing that they are on the radio. Right. I, I found this out doing radio shows. Like, wait, what? Yeah. And even hello. Yeah. Even if they say hello, we say, you're on the radio, just so you know, too late. You have to pick up the phone and say, can we put you on the radio first? Wow. Yeah. This is why, by the way, I got fired from the USC radio station because I wouldn't screen calls. (laughs) Oh, good. I would just pick up and go, hello, you're on the radio. You're on the air. And then they would curse and say a lot of filthy shit. Did you use a British accent? Yeah. (laughs) I pretend to be Niles Barnfather and I was from England and I was like, it was like Borat-esque where I was like learning about America. So the first 30 minutes of my four-hour block from what midnight to 4 a.m. on Sunday night, I would just basically run stand-up material that I thought was wow. like... This is b- really before I even started stand-up. It, right. Like, and then... How um, long did you do that? Uh, six weeks. Six weeks? Yeah, wow, pulled, you really gave it a good try. <laughs> I, I, thought, thought, I, I thought my stand-up radio was short. <laughs> your, your dedication You can never amazing. talk shit to me Oh, my dedication again. was amazing. <laughs> Fuck you both. And you're... <laughs> Brazil. Niles Barnfather? Yeah. <laughs> All right, he's going to be a guest next so, week. So six show. weeks, and what I, happened? I would have people call in. Well, basically, it was run by students. Right. And there were no comedy shows. And I lied about... They were They had, They had. were like, you need to intern for two semesters and then uh, on another show and then to get your own show. Okay. And I went to the one of the meetings, left after 10 minutes, and then lied about all my experience. And then they had an opening, and they were like midnight to 4 a.m. on Sunday nights. And I was like, I, I want that. Done. So um, Why did it end after six weeks? Because the students pulled the plug. I was the only comedy show. Every other show was like a kid being like, so there's a new Foo uh, Fighters uh, record that came out that I'm super pumped on. And uh, we're going to play that, and then probably play some Alice in Chains after that. Um, oh, my friend uh, Gabe's in studio, too, and he's going to tell me about a cool cookie he had. It's just fucking stupid shit like that. Wow. I was the only comedy show, and the students didn't like it, and I would push the envelope, and uh, and they just pulled the plug on me. And I um, so you got fired, yeah, from the from, from the, the students, student it was radio student station. run radio station. Wow, because it, anyway, <laughs> because student radio. Clearly, station. I'm over it. It was yeah. ten years ago. <laughs> You're doing fine. Now. Don't worry <laughs> yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, but like, but I, I I just want to emphasize that there are literally services, and in, in addition to Ryan's roses and that and that service, where you can essentially someone puts your cheesy ass morning radio show together for you and, yeah. you and you just read the bits we have ordered um show prep from different companies and yeah. they'll send us jokes and they're unbelievable 
Yep. I mean, it's show re- prep. Show prep where they say, we will give you stories and we will also give you punchlines. Yeah. For the news stories. Yes. Yeah. This, wow. Yeah. Uh, it, entertainment you, stories, news stories, whatever. Here they are. Here it is. do that? Here it is written down. Isn't that yeah. cheating? Here are some possible punchlines if you want to use no, them. No, it's just horrible. It's just, I, I remember you read some of those yeah. on air one time. We were shocked at how yeah. bad they were. Because it's just awful. And some people say like, oh, like I, I hate our morning radio show because they're so bad. Because a lot of radio shows are fucking lazy. And I, I want to emphasize people, if, 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 if you live in Los Angeles, you are so lucky yeah. to have you guys. And Take you listen. Easy. And, if you don't li- easy. and if you don't live in Los Angeles, download the Kevin and Bean podcast yeah. so you don't have to listen to Chuck and Fuck in the morning. Because <laughs> they're horrible. I mean, it probably took, I think it took us over 10 years before we got good. Well, it's the same thing in comedy. You need time. Right. Did you, you listen to other radio sh- like the way we'll watch, uh, you know, everyone's specials and, and shows? Like, Not did- really. Yeah. Not really because we didn't really have time and mm-hmm. we were trying to fill four and a half hours each day. And so as soon as we got done with the show, it was like, okay, we got another one tomorrow. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter how good today's show was. All that matters is there's another one tomorrow. Yeah. And, and also the Kevin and Bean show is famous for if you go through the Kevin and Bean show, you have a career after that. That's, uh, some of your alumni. Yes. Chris Hardwick. Yes. Carson Daly. Right. Adam Carolla. Yes. Jimmy Kimmel. Yes. These are all people that have worked for you guys. Jimmy Kimmel was our sports guy for about six years. Yeah. Um, but now, here's the thing and about... Now, and now he runs television. Right. Here's the thing about guys <laughs> like that, though. Yeah. I think that guys like that are supremely talented. Jimmy Kimmel literally is super talented. Yeah. He's gonna arrive at the Jimmy Kimmel show if he doesn't go through our show, he'll get mm-hmm. there somehow. Wow. Because he's got, that. he's got that kind of talent. Yeah. You could just tell like some people, honestly, I didn't think Jimmy would have a late night show at 1135. Let's be honest, because yeah. there's only two or three of those. Right. right. <laughs> so what are the chances that he would ever even get an opportunity to do it? Yeah. But he did. And he stepped in and he's knocking it out of the park, I think, you know, so he's I killing it. Couldn't be more proud of him. Not taking any responsibility for him getting there though, because he got himself there. And it was really amazing to watch. Yeah, but you definitely, you guys, ha- you did help shape who he became. I mean, I guess. I mean, and now, I guess. now when you see a guy like Jimmy, like you said, like you can see him and go like, okay, he's going to do something. Not Jimmy, but let's say Carson. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, because like you see that, like he's going to do something in this business. And then you look at a guy like Beer Mug and you're like, well, he's going to be here for a right, while. Right. He might be around for a while. <laughs> I mean, it is, it's, it is sort of strange, but it's also kind of a cool thing in that Jimmy brought in Adam Carolla. Yeah. who is one of the funniest people Come I've ever on. met, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Adam Carolla came on the Kevin and Bean show, and then Adam brought in Ralph, who Ralph was his Garmin. former roommate. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... And we had Matt Money Smith along the way, who now right. does Sports Talk, and and we've had great people come through. And Wait, yeah. what would Kimmel do with his sports set? Would he make it funny? I mean, obviously, Yeah, he yeah. would try to... He would work in jokes and stuff, and he came to us. He, he remembers this differently, and I would probably count on his memory better than mine, but I do remember him coming to us, and he sounded pretty New Yorkish. Yeah. When he came to the show. Okay. And I, I remember saying, I don't think that'll work, mm-hmm. you doing a sports cast. I was telling Jimmy Kimmel, I, I don't <laughs> think that'll work because you're, you sound too much like you're from New York. And, it, you know, this is Los Angeles. Yeah, and people don't want to hear And the people New York don't want to hear the New York right, guy. Right, 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 right. And he said, trust me. And I was like, all right. And based so, on what? <laughs> <laughs> trust me based on what? No, but he was right. And yeah. he started doing yeah. it and he made it funny and he got really good really quick. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he knew what he was doing. And then I just didn't know that he knew what he was doing. Now, yeah. did you know that Carson Daly would uh, would go on to be premiering the likes of Britney Spears and Christina <laughs> Aguilera to the world? 
Um, uh, no, not specifically, but you could tell that he was a smooth. He's a smooth bastard. Like yeah. that guy can host anything, anywhere, anytime. Hey, you don't date Tara Reid without being right? smooth. He's a uh, he's a good Ryan Seacrest. That's what I would say. He is yeah. the best form of that type of person. And what did he do for you guys? Um, he worked with uh, Jimmy for a while. Then he had his own shift for a while. Yeah, I, I don't remember. I mean, I don't. Again, I, we take no responsibility for yeah. his success either because he's that guy. And and he's really good at it. And he's yeah. super likable. And he and it makes it look easy, and it's real. And yeah, people yeah. who make it look easy are really good at it. Yeah, I used to think that it was easy if it looked easy, yeah. but that's not the case. Uh-uh. If it looks easy, that guy's great. Yeah. Speaking of making it look easy when it's not, uh, when Ralph Garman comes on the show, yeah, that gives you guys a new weapon. Yeah, that you didn't have before. Who can do any impression? Well, here's the great thing: great at improv. Like, Here, here's the thing: you get somebody who can do impressions. Yeah, or you get somebody funny. Yeah. Those are separate people. Yeah. He's both. Yeah. So he comes on and does a perfect impression, but he's also very funny. Right. So it was the first time that we literally started trusting in him where we would say, hey, let's do this bit. You're going to be whoever. And he would say, okay. And then we wouldn't even discuss it. Yeah. Because he's so good at improv. And and, and you wanted that... organic thing to right. come on air and i and i also want to tell people this because i get asked all the time like hey uh i i i want to become a writer on the kevin and bean show right and i laugh in their faces <laughs> <laughs> you I can't go, tell there's no writing yeah and i go you think there's writers and right I'm like, I'm like yeah well ralph is i'm like that's that's ralph that's ralph improv yeah he's, he's amazing so he's what we'll do good so what we'll do is we'll say uh the the uh the pope is in the news because he's made some ruling uh ralph let's do that tomorrow and ralph's like okay and that's the end of the conversation Mm-hmm. So then we bring it up on the air. We put him on the phone, and he just surprises us with whatever no he wants shit. to surprise us. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and he he's and, that good. But that adds to. I mean, that's a great element to have. Like yeah, no not, kidding. Like sometimes Brad and I will talk about something that's happened, and we'll start the story, and then we'll both stop each other and go, "Nope, save it for air," because it's like there is just that element of like discovery that that you can tell when right. it happens, and you can't uh, fake it. Yeah. Right. He surprises himself. Which which is that's what kills me the most. He'll say something, or we'll get into a situation where he starts laughing and we start laughing, and we don't know what to do because everybody's laughing and he's barely holding it together. And I think that's his improv background, where he literally doesn't know what he's going to say, and sometimes what comes out of his mouth cracks him up. You know, cracks us up, and everybody just loses it. Is there an impression of his that you just can't like go a couple days without hearing, or that just makes you? laugh so hard there are a lot of them yeah he does uh david hasselhoff which cracks me up yes because we use a voice changer and he starts drinking and he immediately gets drunk and his voice goes lower and lower and lower and then um, it drops like this he does uh perfect sylvester stallone yeah perfect right he does did a great jerry lewis allegedly yeah i've been told yeah uh, we'll get into how many times the kevin and bean show has been sued <laughs> which is i know of four yeah is that I, I know you can't the talk about is, too the many. The number is north of that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not allowed to talk about that. Yeah. Okay, but, this... but let's say, for example, that another radio station sure. <laughs> decided one day that they were going to call the president of France. Yeah. Another radio station. Not us. Not us. Having nothing to do with us or our radio station. Coast Smooth Jazz. Correct. For instance, because I heard they did that bit. So they <laughs> look up in the yellow pages, which yeah. were a thing, remember, 1950s. Oh, sure. yeah. Sure. And there's a phone number for the presidential palace. 
Mm -hmm. So those people, whoever they are, call. Yeah. And the president happens to be standing right next to the desk of the receptionist who picks up the phone. Wow. And that happens. (laughs) And somebody on their show is doing a perfect Jerry Lewis impression. Mm Mm-hmm. And he talks to the president of France for about 12 minutes. No shit. And this was <laughs> this was right during, I think it was the second Gulf War when yeah. France was holding out. They were not joining the United States. Yeah. And I just, at the time, I remember well, thinking- This radio station. At the time, yeah. I remember thinking, those people on that radio station that are doing that yeah. could get in trouble with the government. Sure. Like you're talking to the- they're talking to the president of France yeah. about the Gulf War. Yeah, that's yeah, that's insanity. Lock, getting locked up, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> I didn't know if they would get in that much trouble or what. Yeah, because because who thought they would ever get a hold of the president of France? If I'm glad it wasn't us, because yeah. we would have got a lot of. Oh, bad. that would have been that now. Been if bad. anyone wanted to find that audio nope. from that radio station, does it exist? Uh, yes. Do we know where? No. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you later. Okay. Uh, I, in <laughs> Kevin and Bean Archive. Yeah, what? Uh, <laughs> Kevin, <laughs> by the way, Kevin and Bean Archive is a great uh, thing to, to go to. Uh, speaking of pranks, what was uh, Mall of America West? That was an April Fool's prank. Yes. We said, uh, oh, you know the Mall of America? It's supposed to be the greatest mall ever in Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota yeah. It is. Yeah. It is, right? Yeah. So we said there's a Mall of America West, and we went out ahead of time, and we recorded a whole bunch of stuff in a bunch of different malls. Um, and Ralph did a bunch of shop owners and like Fat Gap and stuff like that where he was making up funny store, stores. And, and we went to a couple of the Dodgers. I can't remember who, uh, Eric Karros. Eric maybe? Karros, yeah, yeah, first baseman. I can't remember if he was the, one of the ones, Mike Piazza. Yeah. And we, ta- we said, hey, we're doing this thing. We want you to invite people down for autographs and pictures. Oh. And they did that. So then we had all of this stuff recorded. And then on April Fool's Day, we said, hey, everybody, great news. There's a Mall of America West. It's just off the five in Santa Ana. And then you would play ads like, hi, I'm Mike Piazza. I'll be outside Fat Gap from five yes. to 630. <laughs> yes. Signing fat titties and baseballs that look like titties. Like- and it was really those guys <laughs> saying that. It was really them. Oh, my God. So And we weren't giving any specific dire- directions. I don't know. For people who haven't been to Los Angeles, the five yeah. freeway goes through Santa Ana. That's, that, that could be anywhere. Yeah. I mean, it really could be anywhere. And that's all we said. And this is before the time on the internet where you you could be like, oh, Mall of America West, Google, find 20,000 stories about it. Right. This was when you got your news and announcements and everything just from the radio. Yes, correct. So why why would you be lying? Exactly. (laughs) It was awesome. And people were driving around and they were so pissed at us because there's no Mall of America West. And they drove around all morning looking for it. Especially Dodger fans. Yeah. And then you say there was like a a free free Blink-182 concert or something? That was a different one. That was a different (laughs) April Fool's Day. Um, About a week before we had the guys in Blink-182, who are the best guys in the world, come out to our parking lot and do a breakfast with Blink-182 by ourselves. Yeah. And then we had staff and different people and they would ask questions and the guys in Blink would answer the questions and play songs, the whole yeah. thing. And then on April Fool's Day, we said it was in Ontario at the Ontario Mills Mall. Just go there yeah, and you huge. can't miss it. Yeah, that's where the Ontario Improv is, so we know that mall well. Okay, and mm-hmm. so Blink-182, live breakfast. Come on down, everybody. And man, everybody was trying <laughs> to find it. And it was pre-recorded, so we were nowhere near there. Yeah. And at that point, we got a call, I think, from the 
the, the mayor, maybe some high ranking official that called our boss and said, you have to tell people that this is a lie because there's too many people and there is a, it's a safety issue and you have to tell people mm. that this is fake. And Just so disgusted, like, I thought there was going to be blank. <laughs> right. And guess what? Two years ago, no fat gap. And <laughs> you guys are really pulling a fast one on this city. Nice. That's There's no prank police, though. What can they really do? Um, They called our, our general manager. Oh, they can do that. The enemy of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he stormed into the studio at 9.45 in the morning. We were just about to finish. <laughs> 15 minutes left of yep. the show. <laughs> and he said, you guys have to go on and admit that this is fake. Yeah. And being to his credit, man, he's quick. He's like, I'm not sure I know how to word that. How about you do it? He said that to our general manager, right? Bean. Come on, oh, to Bean, Bean. right? Oh. So our general manager gets on the station and says, I just want to let everybody know this is a prank. There's no breakfast with Blink-182. And we said, thanks a lot, Enemy of Fun. And we just signed off and just went about our way. But that but that was while people were already there. Yeah, it was long. Calling. I mean, yeah, everybody was already angry. And uh-huh. we, also had, we also almost canceled a Radiohead show. It was, Radiohead was playing on this is the first time we met Ralph Garman Radiohead was playing on April 1st yeah oh, in geez. Los Angeles and yeah. we had Tom York in supposedly yeah. Le- and Ralph yeah. did a whole bunch of research on the real Tom York and what he would answer Ralph knew all actual answers that Tom would give yeah. from other interviews and he did a perfect impression of Tom York so we said we have Tom York in the studio Bean made some joke about his lazy eye <clears throat> which he got upset about. There was a big fight, a, a melee. <laughs> yeah. uh, a, Tom York leaves and goes to the hospital. And everybody, it's, just, it's just craziness. And the record company's calling and going, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Why is, we didn't even know Tom York was going to be there. Yeah. And we told, you know, we were off the air. So we said, it's, it's not really uh, Tom York. And everybody all day was calling and going, what's happening with the show tonight? Is it canceled? <laughs> and we're like, we don't know. Maybe. And, uh, maybe. Yeah. And so they went on, and, and the record company really, really, really gave it to us. I and mean, then we had to apologize to them. Yeah, because I could imagine someone coming to Tom York, like, how's your eyes? Like, yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, there is, uh, now, out of all the crazy guests, and you've had, I mean, every Fools Oh, yeah, sure. Acoustic, I mean, those are the other... Do you have a favorite? Well, April Foolishness, how did that? I love April Foolishness. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, Bean and I lie and say we came up with that idea, but we didn't. Um, okay. Amy Stevens at the time was our promotions director, and she came up with the idea, why don't we just do a, a night of comedy? And yeah. instead of having opening acts for one comedian, why don't we try to get all headliners? And we said, well, that sounds fun. So yeah. we started doing it the first year. I don't even remember what uh, year it was. I don't know, but all in. Six or seven yeah. headliners yeah. in a row. And all I know is is I my career is not where it is today if I don't go on April Foolishness because that 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 show right this is the one where I was about to hump Larry King and then got tackled right where then I went on later did did my set uh, had arguably the set of the night gave right? yeah. uh, gave uh, Lisa May a lap dance one of the one, one it was more the show. twerking than a lap dance sure uh, <laughs> that that changed my life. And I, but here's from, what I'd say fr- from that day, I didn't sell tickets in Los Angeles until after that. Here's what I'd say, though. Yeah, you killed it. That's yeah. what I'd say. You got on the show and you killed it, right. and you were great, and you had the set of the night, and that's why you started selling tickets. Yeah, and it wasn't just you. us putting you on it, but just having that opportunity and and being able to call you and say like, hey, I got, I got to promote the show, and then you guys let me on the show. That is 
instrumental, and you've done that for so many comics, and there, there are so many comics that I've discovered from your show. The way we look at it is, is let's bring in someone funny, and then we can take it easy. <laughs> well, the lineups are, yeah, I mean, and that's a good, <laughs> we yeah, can just relax. That's yeah, sound yeah. logic. I mean, let the lineup, when I went to the first one that, you know, I'd heard about it forever, and then when Brad gets on, I'm like, oh, cool, and he let me come with, and it was like the craziest, most... Just uh, Ed, you know, Eddie Izzard, Jay Moore, Bob Saget, uh, the Universal Empathy, yeah. yeah. Which you know, I, I worked at Universal Burr, Studios, and I'd never even been in there, and it was just like to be backstage and hanging around it. The energy was insane, and then to like a handful of years later, like get asked, like once you know, I Brett introduced me to you guys, and you're kind enough to let me come on whenever to to promote stuff. And we started to get uh, comfortable enough to where you asked me to be on. I mean, to this day, I mean, most fun show and yeah. most rewarding and most like like benchmark like for a comic because it's gotten to be so prestigious and the venues and the show and the venue um, is about 6,000 people which is yeah a little bigger than the average place that yeah. you bit, guys play a little bit and, <laughs> and you put you, you as a comic you put certain things up on a pedestal you know and then to actually get to I mean you, you, when you came in to see the Kevin and April Foolishness cutout that I have you're like yeah oh, Adam, Adam stole that from the set <laughs> okay well I, that's, not, that's not what so, I was asking you to bring oh, up okay, but I'm not a thief the last thing I stole <laughs> before that was beer from it. Albertsons that I worked at but they didn't have cameras and then they did put in cameras and I got caught two weeks before I quit and went anyway so um, but that I mean the most fun and and also it's yeah. all for charity too which is right. like raise a lot of money yeah yeah, yeah. yeah they, they've they, like for Fisher House they've built things that house the families of soldiers that are going through operations and stuff and here's what a lot of people yeah, don't know it's about insane. soldiers and I didn't know before Fisher House is that there are certain hospitals that um, are specialists in burns let's say right or amputations yeah and so if you get that kind of injury you have to go to that hospital in that city it may not be your home city you have to go to that hospital to get treated so fisher house builds a house for the family to come stay for free so that they can be next to the hospital and they can visit their their wounded warrior their their son or daughter or mom or dad And and they built one of those houses with the money that you guys I mean, raised I, for them. I think we we raised about half of it for two of them. Yeah, and it and I went to one of the ribbon cuttings, and I just I felt so out of place. Like yeah. I just a guy got up and said, well, you know, well that's because everyone else is in a suit and you're wearing shorts. Well, there's that. Yeah, <laughs> but but also there's a uh, there's a guy that gets up and says, you know, um, the VA did so much for my son. He lost a leg. Yeah, and I just you know I'm sitting in the back going, wow, I'm just a that's what I felt like yeah for sure and then they give you a tour of the house and it's, it's really amazing but here's what I'll say about you guys yeah. we don't pay you to do April Foolishness no yeah. uh, and that's why you're here uh, Kevin, <laughs> that, I wanted to bring that up and I wanted Kid, to bring uh, it up on the air because that's some fucking bullshit I, I saw the Lamborghini you pulled up in and I think this is bullshit <laughs> that's how we raise money is that you guys do it for free yeah you, well again it's like the prestige of it but also I want to just add some more uh, nostalgia for it I went to USC as, as the Brad being across from the shrine, I went to so many concerts there during my time. The Oscars, the Oscars were there. Oh, being right. around, I mean that uh, that venue was put up on a pedestal. Uh, so, like, I mean, I don't know if you remember, but I came so early that first show. I'm now lucky enough to do it a couple times, and uh, the first one, I went so early just to walk around the stage and like take that in, and like, That's man, crazy. I got choked up just like being there because it was like. 
You know, it was like a cool full circle moment. It right. was like, man, a couple years ago, I was wearing fake claws as Wolverine. And they wouldn't let me in. Yeah. And now, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, Despite the claws. Yeah. <laughs> and, now the, and now the lineup was like, you know, it was myself, Brad, Eliza, uh, Schlesinger, Gabriel Iglesias, Ralphie May, yeah. uh, Tenacious D. Oh, so good. I mean, we have a picture of Brad and I, uh, Brad uh, sprawled across Jack Black and Kyle Gass and I's legs, which is like. Yeah, you know, just that is fucking crazy. That's crazy. It is, and it's crazy to me too. Does it ever get? I mean, does it? No, because we walk out and we and we don't have anything to do. That's the fun of it for me. Is I walk out and I go, "Here's Adam. Be funny." (laughs) Yeah, and again, that's why you're here. Your intro was really fucking (laughs) shitty this year, and we're gonna work on this. Here's Adam. Not good enough. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but also like this. I mean, this past year with like Steve-O like that. Oh, that was unbelievable. Here's Steve-O's the same thing. Where Brad, remember uh, when I met Brad? He Mm -hmm. asked if he could hump the leg of, mm-hmm. of the Miss Double December contestant? Yes. Steve-O says, I'm going to do a stunt. Do you want me to tell you what it is? And I say, no. No. I don't, because they have rules right. for stuff that you can and can't do. And then, yes. if, I, and then, and then if I know, and I still let you do it, right. I'm in trouble. Exactly. So yeah. I'm like, don't tell us what you're going to do, do but, it. but do it. Awesome. Yeah. Don't ask for permission. I did not ask know for that forgiveness. Happened. That's, for the, that's yes. the way you do it. So when we were at Universal... He used he let himself on fire or something, some weird fire thing, yeah. and that was strictly against the rules. And then this this was it the, this past year, yes. Mm-hmm. He, how do you describe that act? Well, Look. mangina. <laughs> yes, but it was better than that it because was. there was a whole torque and swing element. He Look, took off all his clothes except his box. He's backstage, yeah. and I'm just like, dude, can you give me? Like some indication of what I'm about to see. Like, no, dude, dude, it's just like picture seeing the craziest <laughs> shit ever. But like, I'll tell you this: it involves my dick and my balls. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm in. I'm, I'm in. sold. And then he goes out there, and I remember I rushed out to the front of the stage. I think I was going on right after that, but I was like, I need to see this. So from you rushed out front so that you could see to the house see of the Steve-O's audience. Dick. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay. that, well, when, when you, you phrase it, it like that, I'm saying that's what happened. You, you know what? You knew that's what it was. That's gonna... exactly okay. But I was like, what is he going to do? Because I know it's going to be a stunt. Like, it's right. not, he's not just going to pull out his pants and go, ta da! Right? You know, yeah. here's a dick. So he, uh... <laughs> although that would have been good, <laughs> that, that would have been great. Yeah, that's going to be a new show on FX <laughs> right. this year. Ta da! Here's, here's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> so he, um, he, uh... he started swinging his junk back swinging. and forth, and he pulls yeah. out his pants. So he's just his boxers, right? Remember, and just his boxers. So he starts just swinging. Like forwards, like you're on a rocking chair, but there's no rocking chair. But you can see the bits moving. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and at some point, he jumps and closes his leg. Yeah. Pulls down the box in one motion. Yes. And no one can see anything in the audience. You know who could see everything? Me behind him. <laughs> I was behind him. Oh, like, so you're the pervert. Yeah. I was. By, I was right. The, you were out in the front looking at his mangina. <laughs> yeah. I was back. I was on the stage. Like, I was how, like. How is it pointing at me? I'm I, behind him. I had a terrible view so, of that. So he pulls down his boxers and 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 then puts his hands up straight in the air to reveal the mangina. And everybody goes crazy. I mean, it was like Kiss just came out. It really was, yeah. It was unreal. Yeah. And, and I, those types of moments. And I puked. <laughs> no, I oh, yeah, you couldn't. Yeah. Not surprising. <laughs> but uh, like those those shows are so epic and I'm sure just like countless memories. K-Rock Acoustic Christmas. How did that come to be? Uh, I don't know. Okay. That was, I was not involved in that. That's the oh. music department. Gotcha. To this day, it's the music department. And I love those shows because we're not really involved in booking any of the bands. 
we're not involved with much of anything. We broadcast from there, but we get to see these great bands. I love those shows. Yeah, and, I can't wait for them to come around because I get to see all of the acts just like everybody else. And you're such a big concert guy. Yes, so, and I that, love it. And the rotating, I hadn't been until this past year, but like the the fact that like a band finishes, like it rotated from, uh, what was it? Uh, Bastille. Uh, yeah, it was Bastille into Beck. Into Beck, into Weezer, into Green Day. It right. was like my head and was going to no fucking stopping. explode. And while, and while people are watching the band out front, yeah. people in the back are, are changing the stage for the next act, and then they just turn the stage immediately. It's great. Now, uh, I, I've heard a story from one of these shows, and I, and, and I want to see if it's true. You guys had the Fuji's yes, books, and it's true. <laughs> you guys had the Fuji's booked on one show, and well, you explain, it was, you explain what it happened. It was a Weenie Roast, which is our summer concert yeah. where we have same, same concept. It's sort of the same concept as April Foolishness, where we have a bunch of big bands that play one right after another. Yeah, and uh, we had the Fuji scheduled, and right away they were supposed to be there. At that point, there was really only one song that we knew from them, which is Killing Me Softly. Killing yeah. Me Softly. Yeah. It's the yeah. only song that we knew. Yeah. So we invited them to play the show, and they got there late. And mm-hmm. it was 10 minutes, and then it was 15 minutes, and then it was 20 minutes. And we really try to keep things moving. So <laughs> they finally get there like 35 minutes late. They go on, and they play like two songs that we don't have any idea what it is. Yeah. But the backstage manager is like, look. They got here late. Let's turn the stage. So they start killing me softly. <laughs> and the stage just turns on them while they're singing the only song we know. Oh, no. It was awesome. Oh. <laughs> Everyone else is horrified. You're one of the only oh, people that I know yeah. that would be like, this is great. Yeah. I loved it just because, I don't know, I love the unexpected. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's the only song people knew. And the stage <laughs> is just turning and everybody's like, what's happening? That's the song we know. Yeah. Right. Why are you doing this? Yeah. And, and, and I loved it. Because the venue has a timer and the next band has to go on at a certain time. Yeah, and then we have to end by a certain time or, or we else get fined. Yeah, you have to pay. The, yeah, so there's, there's, there's reasons behind it. It's not guys just being a dick. Right. It's There's a whole thing, but yeah, that, but it was quite funny. Yeah, oh, I love it when stuff goes wrong. I don't know why. <laughs> I really do. Also, I mean, and how often would you say just the nature of what you do uh, lends itself to those types of scenarios? Uh, and do you, do you hope that it, like when you're on the obviously like all you have so many great bits that like like with Ralph like not knowing right. what he's going to come in with. Um, and we never even know with a guest like there's always you always have such great uh, amazing guests that there's always but sometimes that sometimes they're not good interviewees yeah yeah which is sort of disappointing like you like this person a lot yeah how sure. are Brad and I <laughs> you like these yeah. people a lot <laughs> and then when they come in you're a little underwhelmed yeah. right uh, no it can be really difficult yeah, to yeah. interview yeah. certain people you've uh, comedians yeah. for the most part yeah. are great because yeah. they understand being on exactly radio and and, like, and they understand that they have to be on yeah right we'll have actors and actresses in sometimes who are just they're doing their part by being there and then, trying to sell, yeah. and then it's on us to make it interesting, which yeah. is okay. But then at some point, it's like, okay, do you even want to be here? Because right. if yeah. you do Let's something, not. yeah, yeah. Uh, now, d- despite all those guests and some guests that have been underwhelming, uh, by the way, props to the guy that runs the Kevin and Bean Archive website because <laughs> where I got most of this information. Um, <laughs> right. uh, you've only kicked out two guests. Yes, he uh, said two. He said two. Okay. Uh, well, there's more. I know of one. Okay. There, oh, there were two. Yeah. yeah there. Uh, one he said was uh, uh, Dustin Diamond. Yep. Dustin yeah. Diamond was there. Of, with, of, of Screech. Screech. Yeah. 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 He showed up with a friend, mm-hmm. and they were really into making each other laugh with stupid little noises and stuff, like not talking to like us. Like seven-year-olds? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
And the other guy would laugh. And we we're like, what are you doing? <laughs> so first we threw his friend out. Yeah. And then, like, we couldn't get anything out of him. So we were like, all right, let's just... Let's go ahead and call this one. You no can go. Shit. Yeah, and we had to kick out Screech. <laughs> On of, air? Yeah. Yeah. There, there was nothing we could do. Now, yeah. did you know that this will be great radio if we do it on air and not to wait till like a commercial break and then be like, hey, dude, we're actually done? No, it was um, at that point, I was new enough that it was horrifying. Like, I thought, right. this is terrible. We need and, to just cut and, our losses. And it's terrible radio to listen to. Yeah. To and that was sounds. all I could think was, this is just horrible. Yeah. And, and people are tuning yeah. away because this is awful. Would right. he not talk Saved by the Bell? Like, would he, you'd be like, he hey, would, what was, what was uh, you know, Tiffany Amber Thiessen really like? And he'd be like, and you're like, dude, you can't <laughs> fucking use words. He man. would use the African click language. Yeah. Yes. He would do that. Well, that was Some actually guy, Israeli, so yeah. you need to brush oh, up on your click my language. Yeah. Some guy's like, that was a great story about Kitty Kapowski. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the top of nice. I do not know why he kicked him out. Yeah, that was yeah, a yeah. wonderful story. Yeah. He was I'm just getting to the Peach Pit stories. I am enthralled by this radio. Peach Pit is Beverly Hills, oh, yeah. 90210. Wait, she was on that. Never mind. Fuck oh, off. that's right. <laughs> So we had to throw him out. And then the other guy was uh, the Church of Scientology. Yeah. Oh. Their spokesperson. Yeah. We, we butted heads with the Church of Scientology for a long time because it's a cult. It's yeah. a straight up cult that calls itself a religion. Sure. You have to pay to go to the next level. And it's a scam. Yeah. It's, it's 100% a Watch scam. Watch Leah Remini's show. Yes. Watch the documentary Going Clear on HBO. Yes. And also, just be in New York and have somebody understand. working for Scientology come up to you and be like, you want to take a stress test? And you're like, no. And then they, they press you and you're like, well, now you're fucking stressing me out. So now I think I have to. <laughs> right. And then they're like, you should be in Scientology. Yeah. Like, they're, it's crazy. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I think a lot of people who are in Scientology are good people. They don't know yeah. that it's a scam. Right. But they're paying... And it's a and it's a cult in that if one of your family members leave, you can't talk to that family member. Yeah. You have to cut them out of your life. Oh my god, yeah. that's yeah. crazy, right? Yeah. So we would say that stuff about Scientology during the '90s when it was pretty huge, yeah. and it was huge in Los Angeles. They had the Celebrity Center there, right. and their spokesperson would call our general manager all the time and say, "This is not okay." Put bad mouth on us. Yes. Yeah. And we would keep doing it because it was a cult. Yeah. So their spokesman said, I want to come on. And we said, fine, come on. Right. So their spokesman came on for the Church of Scientology. And I'm sure he, he or she, he he probably had uh, ideas of like, all right, I'm going to clear the air right. and make g good and in front of all these listeners who, right. who have had to listen to the bashing. And you guys yeah. are like, and oh, we're going to continue to bash and it's going to be funny. Well, yes. And we're going to take calls. Yeah. But let's give them a chance to talk. Fair. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So he comes in and he starts talking. And Bean tries to interrupt, and he keeps talking. Mm. And then I try to talk, and he keeps talking. And then we go to a phone call, and he keeps talking. That was his power I'm move. Not gonna no let. one yeah. could talk. He yeah. just continually talked over people. What a crazy move. It was crazy. Oh my God. I didn't know what to do. Like Again, this is... <laughs> it's terrible radio, I yeah. think, because two people are talking at the same time all the time and it's and at that point he's trying to just turn it into a straight commercial right yeah. so i tried to interrupt him and say listen we'll give you as much time as you want to respond to a question but let us get a question in right and then we won't talk and you talk yeah that's how talking works right <laughs> and he said okay and then yeah. we started asking a question we took a call and he kept he would just talk over whoever was talking yeah so I said, we're going to have to ask you to leave. This was on the air, and I didn't know what I was doing at all. Oh, shit. But I was like, we're going to have to ask you to leave. And he, he, he was talking over me. Mm. And I said, I'm really sorry, but we can't have a conversation because you won't allow it. So we're going to have to ask you to leave. And he just stood there and looked at me. 
And I said, do we have to call security? Does, does security exist at K-Rock? No. <laughs> I, I was 100% bluffing. Like, I was thinking in my mind, what do I do yeah. if he calls me on, yeah, call security? Because we didn't have security right. at the time. There was no one. Ralph comes in the leather jacket. That would that security. We had no security to call. So I was like, if this doesn't work, I'm yeah. screwed. I don't know what to do. It worked. He left. Yeah. Did he say anything when he left? Like the aliens will come for you. you know? <laughs> no, that's not. They, they're not about talking about the aliens. Yeah. No. They want to keep that quiet so that everybody will keep paying. But they money. know, isn't that part of the it's deal? The like deal. they're tapped in. Like they know that aliens are coming. Like Battlefield aliens, Earth was based on a true story. Yes, aliens came to Earth and were deposited and volcano, in volcanoes and erupted. then yes, and yeah. then it erupted and then so the bad part of you is an alien. It's crazy when you really <laughs> look at what they believe, but you can't. Get to the area of what they believe without paying hundreds of thousands of dollars. I want to make up a religion. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, it makes so much dough. Like, we all praise the guy who invented the slip and slide. And back in 1977. Yeah. As, long, as long as they're slip and slides. That's what he did. That's what Ron, L. L. Ron Hubbard did. Yeah. He, in, he made up a religion. He was a science fiction writer. And he made up a religion. And said, well, that, well they'll love this. <laughs> Crazy. Um, and made, you know, built, they still have... Yeah. yeah, billions. People of are still joint. That's like after and now, even as publicized, it's become with like yes. Lee Remini's special and stuff. Like people still just see that and go, "Nah, she's lying." Yeah, it's crazy. They, mm-hmm. they will, and they have so much money that they'll sue you into just stopping because yeah. you can't afford to stay in court. They well, have more money than you, so they just bully you and say, "We're going to keep you in court until you run out of money." Well, wow. if that if, if that's the case, and this is Brad Williams speaking, I totally support the Church of Same, I do too. Yeah, as well, it's Adam Ray. That, Adam whoa, Ray whoa, whoa, whoa. all Adam Ray. <laughs> Adam Ray is really Kevin a and down. I, on we si- are right. You mean Adam Ray, founder of the Church of Slip and Slide? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not uh, uh, the people at the top yeah. of Scientology are not good people. I wow. can't speak to anyone else sure. in the organization. Yep. I assume most of them mean well. Yeah. But the people at the top are terrible. Um, you've been on air with me now for how many years? Twenty-seven years. Twenty-seven years. Wow. In tw- Does it feel like that? No. Yeah. It's a, it's just it's a, because it's always the next day. It's yeah. Always you're so hyper focused on the next day that I don't stop and think about twenty-seven years. I think about what we're going to do tomorrow. So when people were like, "God, I love this interview with Brad Williams and Adam Ray," they're like, "Probably your best guest." I mean, I've never like, one ever said no, that. No, no, right? let me finish. And they're probably your best guest. You should have them on all the time. And I like, think about a person saying, "No, that. no," they said, okay. and, and like, and they're the best. And you should have them on every roast and everything. You guys do every show. And I don't remember anyone saying. No, that. No, they said go back in the archives. Okay. But so uh, uh, it's there. But like, do you just don't? You're just like, no, that was. There are times that people bring up stuff that we don't even remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because we have done so much stuff that you just sort of start to forget stuff. As soon yeah. as you finish a show, you it's literally... Gone. It's gone because it's tomorrow either, is yeah. all new show. And when do you f- focus on tomorrow? Like, do you go, I want to well, enjoy my day and I'll think about it in the morning? Here's or? the system that we learned. There we, is no morning for them. <laughs> yeah. We learned yeah. to get a schedule out first thing. Yeah. So during the show, during the commercials and a song, we're planning the next day. By the end of the show at 10 a.m., we have the next day mostly planned. Then we have a meeting and we talk about it. We talk about what we're going to do. Yeah. And then we're sort of on our own to do research. Like tomorrow, when does this podcast come out? Uh, Next next week. week. Yeah. So last week we had on Ricky Gervais (laughs) and we're going to interview him. Yeah. So you got your research on it. Right. I don't know exactly what to say to him. I've seen his comedy special in person and he killed me. Yeah. Yeah. 
But yeah, so it's on me to do some research and come up with some questions. How much ask. research do you like to do? Do you like to be somewhat uh, in, uh, uninformed so that you can leave some spontaneity? I feel like I'm somewhat uninformed after I do a lot of research. <laughs> <laughs> like I have a lot of catching up to do. Yeah. So I have to do a lot more research than Bean does, for real. Yeah, well, and thank For real, because he really follows stuff yeah, closely. And absorbs. Yes, and absorbs and remembers. And so just to get to half of what Bean knows, I have to do a lot of research. But if you're having on like a musician or a sports figure, I mean, you just innately probably know what's up, right? But I mean, yeah, but you can't count on that. You have to do some research and learn yeah, what's yeah. going on now and what's recent. Yeah. And what's Bean. Because they know if you know what's going on. Right. Right. And there's a lot of things that aren't publicized on the right. big... Uh, news sites or, or, or um, you know affiliates to where you're like oh there might be something cool like for us uh, to do some research on you like like we didn't know that you used to uh, mime when you were in middle school it's next year <laughs> and you were that's you did, also in the Kevin and Bean archive and you did gay, gay porn from 7th grade to ninth grade like sure. we wouldn't know these things because it's illegal yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Bean uh, is incredible because I've been on the show and he's like Brad you were on a podcast three years ago yeah. and you talked about and he'll yeah. be like how the Fuck. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and he's you, my partner, and he and I can go. I could go home and study Brad Williams tonight. Yeah, everything I can find online for four hours, yeah. mm -hmm. and come in the next day and be don't have five questions that I didn't even have any idea existed. Yeah. I don't know how he does. But isn't that that's great? I mean, that's the you know amazing. It's the give, it, it, dynamic it's the, yeah, that it's the you give have. Take you guys both have. You and, guys and both. He sure. and because he's able to ask that many questions, then I can actually listen to Brad's answers, and I can sort of play the counterpoint. So I'll listen. It's sort of difficult to do both. Yeah. When one of us is on vacation, you have to keep the interview going. So you're just thinking of your next question. Yeah. And but all, if one of us yeah. is asking questions and the other one's actually listening to the answers, it's a lot right. easier. To, and then you, also you have to you're doing the board you have to right. know okay when you have to go out for a commercial i don't do that well i hit the button <laughs> there's a lot of buttons i don't hit I mean, them well you have cut off paul mccartney before i mean i hung Wait, up on paul mccartney yeah <laughs> hung up on him on air on so air. literally like you just heard and they just cut off yeah, thanks a lot guys that was a really good interview <laughs> because i didn't know it. he would say You're like yeah paul we know what the word is no no <laughs> we don't need to hear it from i you. tried that i was like he was finished he was totally finished yeah, don't worry about it if you have yeah. to um and then uh let's see who else did i hang up on bono bono hung up on bono one yeah. time when he called yeah hey thanks guys right hit the commercial yeah really appreciate the oh man i just hung up on bono oh, God. the worst was that's um, the name of your uh your one-man show right? i just hung, I just up, hung, on hung bono. up on bono the worst was what's her name oh brooke shields Okay. She was the worst. Hung up on her? I hung up on her because um, she's so kind and nice. Yeah. And I have to turn down the phone yeah. when I start the commercials. So yeah. I turned down the phone and hit the commercial. Well, I forgot to turn down the phone and I hit the commercial. She said, thanks, guys. And then she continued with, every time in, I'm in Los Angeles, I really love to listen to you guys. <laughs> right? It was a big compliment. Yeah. And as, as there's an O'Reilly auto parts commercial right <laughs> over her. So they separated them and they were able to take the commercial away. And this is what it sounds like. Thanks a lot, guys. Every time I'm in town, I really. <laughs> <laughs> and she just lost the will to live. And I was just like, oh, my God, <laughs> I, I felt so bad because you could just hear her soul die oh, God. a little bit. Oh. It was really rough. That's a magical radio. Though. Yeah, I did not mean to do that. Uh, do you have before we wrap up? Do you have a just favorite? Um, I mean, so, countless moments, moment, like, story, interview, guest, yeah. just like or, or best when you guest were ever is uh, Dave Grohl. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. He's, he's the best. He's ever. awesome. I mean, he's amazing. He's funny. He's talented. I mean, I remember when Nirvana broke up and I heard that the drummer was going to start a band and I was like, oh no. Oh no. This is a drummer that thinks he can sing and write songs. Right. You know, I think that's sort of where everybody's head was at. And then yeah. all of a sudden Foo Fighters come out and they're fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So we've had him on since then. And every time he comes on, like, like I have a friend who is obsessed with him and his music. And it actually, she was adopting a child and she was going through a really tough time and Foo Fighters was all she listened to. And it spoke to her in a way that was above and beyond all life. Mm-hmm. And, she, and she told me, I'm afraid to meet heroes. You know, you always, because, oh, I, yeah. because yeah. I hold him in such sure. high esteem that I'm afraid. And I told him, I, I'm not kidding. Come in when he, the next time he's in and meet him and mm-hmm. you will not be disappointed. She said, no, I talked her into it. She came in. And he just couldn't have been nicer to her. He talked to her, asked her questions about the adoption. I mean, wow. he, uh, he's one of those so guys. So present with her. One of those guys that is better than you think he's going to be. And no matter how good you think he's going to be, he's better. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. You can't say that about, about everybody. You can't to say that about it, most people. Yeah. Certainly not Bob Saget, right? Right? That Bob Saget, is, right? That, that asshole. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Bob. Please come back on the podcast. <laughs> those, those views of Bob Saget do not, uh, Adam Ray and the Church of Silver Side do not reflect. <laughs> hey, can I give you guys a hint? Yeah. yeah. Use Bob Saget's name when you're making a dinner reservation anywhere in Los Angeles. Maybe anywhere in the country. Really? Maybe. And you get in? Yes. <laughs> He oh. eats out all the time. <laughs> Someone isolate that audio. Right? And he also goes to dinner. But uh, <laughs> So he, well, he would come on the show and he would say, we should go out to lunch sometime. And I thought yeah. he was just being nice. So I would give him my number and then he wouldn't text me. So I was like, mm-hmm. all right, he was just being nice. It's okay. No problem. I understand. And then he, every time he would come in, he would say, let's go to lunch. So one time we actually went to lunch. And he's a great guy, as yeah. you guys know. Yeah, the best. So we started having dinner and then my wife and I would go out with him. And then, and then he, we would use his name before he would get to the restaurant and they would go, oh, it's Bob. Yeah, of course. Here's the best table. And they would give us the best table. And that's when the light bulb went on. We were like, look, we don't have to be having dinner with Bob Saget. Just say, drop his name when you're making a reservation at a fancy restaurant and you're in. There you go. So you've done this. Yes. Oh, it works. My God. It's genius. That's how I'm getting into catch. They don't, they don't ask any follow-up questions. You just go, yeah, uh, Bob Saget. And they go, yeah, sure. What time? Oh. Well, now I'm going to be calling a Wendy's and doing it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I'm not positive that he visits Wendy's. He's a fine diner, that Bob yeah, Saget. That's amazing. Yeah, it's a good tip, though. You can get it anywhere. Do you, do you like to do that to go uh, do lunches or dinners with um, celebs um, and just... Not really with celebs, but people I like. Yeah, yeah. And he's a person that I like. Yeah, like you yeah. guys, I would any time because yeah. I like you guys. Yeah. You're, mm-hmm. you, because you're who you you're who you are yeah you don't pretend to be someone else yeah yeah so most of the time if somebody like that wants to have dinner i'm pr- i'm happy to but has there ever been a moment yeah. where like somebody that again like meeting a hero that was you had an opportunity to and you were just like i can't do it or you've met enough people where i feel like you're not phased by i ran into magic johnson i was as, about to bring that up as yeah. a lifelong lakers fan <laughs> and it was a surprise i didn't know i was going to meet him i didn't know he was at the party i was at even though it was at staples center so it's on me i'm an yeah. idiot yeah. So, uh literally bumped into him yeah and what do you say to somebody that you have watched your whole icon. life yeah. play and win championships for the Lakers? You know James Worthy. Like, yeah, what do you say? Like, <laughs> I said, uh, you're great. <laughs> That's, you know, though, and then I said, bail. Just, he smiled and he said, thank you. Get out. There's your moment. Just get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wasn't happy with my moment. 
But I didn't want to. But you never will be. Even if you'd had a 20 minute conversation, you would have been like, oh, I should have gotten a picture. I should have. Is there a follow up to you're great? I mean, really, there wasn't. I was embarrassed. And he was more than kind about it. And, you know, big smile. Hey, thanks. I really appreciate it. I just walked away. That's called giving him the Tony the Tiger. (laughs) Where you just go, you're great. And then you walk away. Uh, It was not a proud moment. Yeah. I I have a Magic Johnson story. Okay. Because of you guys. What? You, You guys sent me one time to. Uh, Time Warner Cable was starting a new sports channel that had that had the Lakers on them. Okay, you guys sent me to the premiere party with uh, Day of the King of Mexico. Okay. doing red carpet. Magic Johnson is on the red carpet, like you, lifelong Laker fan. I'm terrified, but you, so, someone comes up and goes, "Hey, this is the Kevin Bean show from K Rock," and like now he's staying in front of me, and I have to interview him. And my how th- frightened were you? Insanely scary. Just because you don't want to ruin it. You no. don't want him to think you're an idiot. You don't want to waste his time. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I I remember the question. I go, hey, um, uh, so championships, uh, uh, you you started all of the Starbucks and the TGI Fridays in the inner cities. So you're raised, way ahead of me. I said you're ton, great. Yeah, ton, raised tons of money for charity. <laughs> uh, now you're a part owner of the Dodgers. Like, how does it feel to be the greatest human being of all time? And uh, oh, I wish I would have thought of that. And he gave this long answer, but that but that was fantastic. You can tell you you tell as a pro. I do this for the people and the charity. It's nice to get back. And then he ends the he ends the answer with, "And if I could do it all over again, I wouldn't change a thing." And my response was, "Not." One thing? Really? You're gonna call him out on that? <laughs> Jesus! You... Really? You're gonna bust Magic Johnson's has, balls? The guy wow. has HIV. I'm not gonna be like, then no, no, not what? one thing. Come on, Brad. Jesus! Not, You're not, a horrible no, human being. Wow. All right, you... <laughs> I'm gonna amend my statement. I'd go to dinner with Adam. Yeah, dude. <laughs> But not Brad, dude. I just wow. Man, does have a printer so we can get you a one-way ticket to hell? Can we can we edit that out or is that going to be heard? Oh my god, you're a terrible human. I'm being. a horrible person. You're for a saying horrible it. person. Anything but, for the joke, this guy. But right? but like the guy said, it and I wouldn't change thing. I'm like not one. Oh man, not. And then what did he what? say? He didn't say it. He thought it. Yeah, you didn't say <laughs> he not didn't one. Say it. I didn't say it. Oh, okay. yeah. But man, but man, did I think it? Oh. Man, did I think it? No, guys. you're a terrible person. <laughs> yeah, I would say like even you would not say. Adam, how long would you talk to Magic Johnson without that coming into your mind, dude? Right? A, a week? Right? <laughs> I like that. I still have a specific seven days, and then it's Age City, baby. We we spend a weekend in Cabo together, but then I, but then I'm bringing yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we cannot thank you enough for coming on this podcast yeah. uh, oh no worries I want to tell people so much if you're if you're living in North Dakota and you hate the morning show get on the Kevin and Bean podcast I don't you know. don't I have can't. to live in Los Angeles to get the jokes to get the humor yeah. to get the references you guys are just a great morning show and ask any comedian and they'll and they'll tell you that there's only about four or five morning shows around the entire country that we actually like going on and, and yours are, is one of them are they one are we one of them Absolutely. oh yeah I said are they yeah <laughs> i said that about our own show That's look grammatically said. they are better yeah. they are yeah but <laughs> no they're not yeah. is they one of them because yeah. i'm they yeah <laughs> yeah there was there was some article that came out uh maybe like six or eight months ago where it, it they asked comedians what their favorite radio shows and i know uh bob saget talked about you guys i know jay moore talked about you guys uh they did an interview apparently not famous enough uh uh, but <laughs> a lot they knew what you were thinking about Magic Johnson. Yeah, like, like, we heard the Magic like, Johnson. You're an asshole. <laughs> Can't take a gamble. So, on that. but uh, a lot, a lot of comedians. We all put you guys in that list because it, it. 
all the cheesy stereotypes about morning radio, about the guy not be, about the show not being prepared, about them just wanting to do your bits, or about the show not knowing anything about you. That's not true with you guys. But we're and, able to make a tremendous amount of mistakes along the way. <laughs> yeah. Right. Absolutely. So that's not, yeah. but, but that's I mean, not good. N- yeah, but I mean, I think but that means that you're taking chances and risks and that you're like doing things different. If you you're never making mistakes, if you're just doing the same shit all the time, oh, you're wrong. I'm making mistakes I, because I run the board. I make mistakes just daily. Good. So there's that spontaneity and yeah, unexpected. Yeah. Uh, My coworkers I, would disagree with you. Yes. I also will say just from even the first time I did, it was like there was an ease and comfort to, you know, I'd done a, a handful of radio, but like. Again, like Brad said, to uh, just piggyback on that, like, you know, adding to things I would say and and that would like prompt other funny sound bites so that it wasn't just like set up punch and right. this and that. And um, that's huge when you're uh, when it's fucking 7 a.m. to try to want to be funny. You're like, all right, I'm going to come prepared. But if there's like a nice give and take that I and, you know, you have to listen because you're going to be firing some stuff back that I could right. take. Uh, up a notch like that makes you want to be the best you can we be we know that 7am is the worst time for a comedian it's the worst yeah. it's the I would, worst I would not get up past 2pm uh, right. if I had a choice <laughs> so and in do... the church of slip inside uh, that's going to be the first thing I do so we do try Server to be prepared and, and try to just have a conversation rather than just have you do your act yeah. and that's why we try and you absolutely succeed so download the Kevin Bean podcast or if you're in Los Angeles uh Listen to them. Uh, know that Ryan Ryan's roses is fake. So uh, stop listening to that shit and put on an actual morning show that is a- that is actually good. So uh, is that how we wrap this up? This was amazing. And well, look, no. Now we now we take off our pants and we all reenact the Brazilian jerk off. Okay. Right, good. <laughs> good night, everybody. I was hoping we get to that. <laughs> subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast, give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessime Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice.